On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick return from the Unknown Regions for their first stream of 2021 after a well-deserved week off, which probably left them with one fan instead of ten due to the void. Once they're done shooting the poo, as they say, they will touch on the launch of the High Republic novels, Disney's TFA story choices, and Pablo Hidalgo's PR screw-up. They will then break down the top 15 Star Wars moments of 2020 according to them, before rattling off a few predictions for what's to come in 2021. Finally, they'll enter the fan segment to address what fans love most about the franchise in 2020, and to of course give praise to the latest round of Star Wars fan artist feature accounts. We speak all your names. Cue it, Chewie. Everybody, look who is back, Slapdick 1 and Slapdick 2. I know, everyone thought we probably left. You thought we, we, we sucked ourselves out to the unknown regions to find Ezra and Thrawn and the Force Whales. But that's not the case. We just uh, we decided to take a week off, and it, it kind of wasn't our decision. If you remember, before we, we left, the last show we had was the great interview with, uh, I, I think it was great. I think I did a fantastic job. You know, I, I, I'm never one to not pat myself on the back. Uh, but when we left, we, 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 we teased what was to come. You knew you weren't going to get a live stream last week, but we were supposed to have a special guest. That special guest was one Lauren Mary Kim, who is a very talented stunt person in Hollywood who has had many roles in Star Wars land, including uh, multiple spots on The Mandalorian. But uh, right at the the last minute, she bailed on us. Uh, Something that I I wasn't overly surprised with, something that really bummed me out. uh, As I tell you people, when you are a pissant in the podcast universe... This shit happens all the time. I mean, we we don't have a pot to piss in when it comes to getting really, really big guests that work in Star Wars quite yet. Uh, That's going to be left up to all you motherfuckers in 2021 driving the user base up. We actually, (laughs) Nick, we actually closed with a very strong December. I'm talking almost 3,000 uh, downloads in total, over 2,000 uniques. There we go. But we we got to pump Same. that up. We got to make this show so enticing that people like Lauren Mary Kim are dying. They want to come on. Are dying to be on it, not dying yeah. to make up excuses to get off of it. All right. <laughs> I, okay. I will say that we, you know, Lauren said that she had word from Lucasfilm that she couldn't do the show. So it's not like she just said, hey, fuck you guys. I don't want to put any sort of bad taste in somebody's mouth who may want to eventually do the show that they'll get chided if they don't uh no, no they i'm don't not, I'm not it, chiding but. i mean i'm i'm telling it like it is <laughs> this is not new i respect the decision and, and maybe we'll get her on the show uh but according to her lucasfilm said no because of the disney gallery but that has been released 
which is why I think it was uh, odd. But hey, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll keep working on it. Maybe we'll get her on. Maybe we won't. But I can assure you that our two dumbasses are back. We're going to keep doing this week in and week out, or at least until I die. If you can't tell, my shirt looks uh, like a, even more like a sausage casing this week. Uh, for the past 10 days, really up until this last Monday or, or yesterday, I've, I've broke off my diet. You know, I was having a few beers every night, eating chocolate, just just living like a normal American, I guess. Uh, so I'm feeling a little tight. I think I'm cutting off the uh, circulation in my arms. My gut's kind of twisting and turving. I might might have to take a little Hershey squirt uh, during this cast versus the pee break. You never know. But we are back. It is 2021, the first show of the Star Wars Time show of the new season. Uh, and if you listen to the announcer who kind of goes in and out of impressions, <laughs> sounding like a bad Batman, sounding like myself, or sounding like someone that does too many drugs, we're actually going to do a lot of looking back. We might be in a new year, but we're going to look back. It, 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 we missed last week. We're in 2021, but we still want to do our retrospective. The SWTS breakdown of all things Star Wars in 2020. Because there, there's a lot of shit that happened. A lot of shit that happened that you know you may forget about when you kind of juxtapose the year with real life versus your you know, your hobbies and passions, uh, but a lot of good Star Wars happened in 2020. So we're going to look at that. We're also going to lay down some pr predictions for 2021. What, what could happen? What is in store for us as Star Wars fans? And then of course, we're going to talk about some of the, the few things that popped up. Uh, but before we get to that, Nick, I have to say for someone like myself for the past 10 years, basically seven days a week, it gets up is on the internet doing something either Star Wars, pop culture, or geek-related. I think that the last week was the first time in said 10 years that I completely disconnected from The Matrix. <laughs> I didn't look at any fucking Star Wars news. I mean, you were the one feeding me the topics we're going to get into about Pablo, uh, about the book, adaptat uh, book adaptation of TFA. I, I was just tuned out. I wasn't on social media. I wasn't looking for leads. I, I mean, hell, we didn't even put anything on the site. StarWarsTime.net was so stagnant. One of our plugins was giving me warnings this morning <laughs> saying, hey, um, this plugin's no longer working because you don't have any new content. There we go. And, and you know what? It was good. It's healthy for someone like me who has developed at this point OCD tendencies with the Star Wars Time Show, and really my, my Star Wars hobbies and hobbies in general. I, I've ruined everything for myself. Uh, so it was, a ni it was nice to kind of pull away and realize that if I don't do the Star Wars Time Show, if I don't post on StarWarsTime.net for a week or 10 days straight, I won't die. I needed yes. to prove that to myself. <laughs> okay? I will say that over the, over the period of time between... The last live episode where I mentioned that we were only like four uh, followers away from cracking 8,000 on IG. And today we have, we picked up almost, we were at 8264 followers now. So we picked up almost 300 followers in that time over two weeks time. So that's amazing. Over 8,000 now. Uh, we had our highest two liked images ever on the Instagram that that basically happened on the same day on January 1st 
One of them is from uh, Dreadnought or Dreaded Giant underscore DK with his custom uh, Neo Boba, oh, yeah. as Matt likes to oh, call yeah. him. And then the other one is going to be a top five entry that's from uh, GT Rain there. But we had a lot of good growth on the IG, but we also did. We had a lot of good rest. So even though, um, you know, we took a week off, that doesn't mean that our Star Wars love has has died down no, any bit at all. Not at all. So. I mean, in fact, for New Year's Eve, uh, the, the, the Haywood clan, because we're Mandalorians now. <laughs> we just started like throwing on it was like a, a star wars wheel of fortune spin the wheel and see which movie the little kid picks and we just went with it so uh, we got about four and a half hours of star wars on new year's eve we did a new hope and she went right into attack of the clones wow, uh, as i said in our a... discord this we all know this is nick's favorite movie yeah. i i screen capped some of his favorite scenes <laughs> that he's done essays on to explain why he thinks Attack of the Clones is the greatest Star Wars film of all time. It's unquestionable, really. Um, but, you know, it was fun. I mean, uh, the other thing, Star Wars, that we got into. Uh, Al the Blue, the little one, was like, Daddy, l- let's start watching Rebels Star Wars. I was like, you mean Star Wars Rebels? She said, no, Rebels Star Wars. And I said, no, Star Wars Rebels. And we went back and forth a few more times before I finally said, this one? And just pointed to the picture. And she's like, yes. I said, well, then I was right. It was Star Wars Rebels. And she said, no, Rebels Star Wars. So as you can see, my, my little girl is uh, just as big of a dickhead and always has to be right as myself <clears throat> but dude we fired up rebels and i've got to say when i when i first watched it it was kind of a show that you know obviously i i loved it i enjoyed the series and, and when it ended i consider it one of the one of the better star wars franchises out there but i remember when it first came out it was kind of i don't want to say it was secondary screen viewing for me but it was something i'd have on but i'd also be fucking around with like a phone or maybe a, a football game on another tv uh, but when she asked, I was like, yeah, I really want to go through this again anyways and, and watch Rebels and really, really study it. And I have to say, it is it is really fucking good. I mean, Rebels is really good, especially for people that are hardcore OT fans, like yeah. original trilogy fans. I mean, the the music is almost all John Williams correct stuff. Uh, uh, the narratives and, and how they, they find Ezra and the, what the shit he goes through, stealing Kanan's lightsaber and stealing the holocron and then eventually coming around to kind of joining the, the ghost family after being uh, an orphan. It's, it's just good fucking shit. I mean, it's so good. I believe me and the little one have already watched the first 10 episodes in two days. So. There you go. I mean, that's basically, you know, 200 minutes. So it's like two and a half hours of content right there. Yeah. And the first more. season, I believe, is only 15. So we're almost done. But uh, yeah. it was great. She was liking it. I mean, after everyone ends, she's like, can we do another one? Can we do another <laughs> one? Uh, so it's it's always enjoyable for a Star Wars fan like myself to also enjoy that with my my spawn, uh, who, who at times today broke my heart a little bit. She asked me to read uh, Return of the Jedi book to her. And when we got done, she's like, thanks, Daddy. I think that's the first time you ever read to me. And I was like, oh, oh. Jesus. I really am like just a piece of shit in her eyes. She doesn't remember a lot of the little baby stuff, but I, I can't yeah. hold that against her. So The brain wasn't developed quite to that point yet. So. Yeah, but we, we got the old uh, Rebels is going. I'm glad to be back into that and, and just kind of really uh, taking it in. And she's older now, so I think she's getting more out of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just been a nice break. I mean, I, I'm still on vacation, by the way. And, and, you know, get out, get out your tiny fiddles and all that shit. But four weeks of vacation on paper looks fantastic. And yes, I know I'm blessed to have a job during all this shit. Don't, don't, don't go there. Don't think I'm an asshole. But four weeks off in a pandemic where your spouse doesn't have four weeks off and you have a near five-year-old. That can get it's, tough. It's not quite the party you think it may be. All right. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done shit, Nick. Like I had all these plans to put fucking toys away finally to, to do some toy shoots. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And I'm two and a half weeks into this four week break. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I mean, sometimes you just need to spend some time with the kid. You need to spend that, some I, time I, to yourself. Right. You don't need to, you know, I, I saw something that was like uh, right at the end of 2020. It's like those days between Christmas and New Year are days where you should allow yourself to literally just do nothing. All right. Like, well, I don't, don't do shit. I don't feel too bad then because all last week I didn't do dick shit outside of make progress in, in Cyber Glitch 2077, which I'm not going to lie. I fucking love the game. Love, love the game, even though it is a complete piece of garbage code. I mean, it is <laughs> Nick. this game to this day. On the Series X, which runs it fine. I mean, there's no like jitters or slow movement. But to this day, you just look at it and you go, how the fuck did they ever let this out of CD Projekt's Red Development House? I mean, it is. Dude. I'm talking like people's fucking heads disappear, falling through the map. Uh, I got a big ass new 75 inch mega TV. The game now has twice Turn the TV off. Like the TV just is like, fuck you. <laughs> Whatever code you're sending at me, it sucks. I quit. Yeah. It's- I saw uh, Adam Sessler do a review of it because G4 TV, for those of you who know what G4 TV was back in the day, it's it's being revived. And Adam Sessler did a like a, one of his review videos on Cyberpunk 2077. And that's what he said. He's like, storytelling is great. You know, the, the world itself is great. But the game itself is busted as fuck. Oh, dude. He's like, it's a joke. Dude, you know, it's a joke. And he's playing it on Series X as well. And like he shows like screen caps of it, just like textures loading slow, floors not loading in, fucking faces just being all weird and stuff. Somebody was literally like sitting on the ground with their pants on, but you could see like pee coming out of their pants. Like it was just <laughs> <laughs> it was like nothing. It's, it's it's almost become part of the charm, Nick, because you're like, oh, I wonder what what today's adventure in Night City is going to be like. Well, I see I some mean, guy turn into a liquid metal person. <laughs> Will uh, one of my missions be glitched out to where I can't finish it today and maybe yeah. it'll work tomorrow? Will audio just stop playing? Dude, I'm, I'm afraid to play the game now because they basically said like, hey, if you're saved, it's over eight megabytes you're gonna lose your whole game and i was like really well, like they, and they didn't even say that was a bug they were just like yeah that's just how it is yeah i guess <laughs> like, i guess i should start taking multiple saves or something but i, I don't yeah, know what it is it, it's it has a, a fallout three skyrim feel to it where yeah. you are compelled i really do enjoy the tale I, I wasn't at first but once you really get into it and you start mixing it up with keanu's character and you kind of get a a larger view of what's going on. You start going off on some of the side stories that really are 
almost campaigns themselves where you're developing relationships with other people. You're trying to sleep with other people. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a female V. I've been rejected by females, males, everybody. So I just suck. <laughs> I suck at hitting on people in Night City just like I did in real life. Score. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible. But I, I'm just enjoying the game. That's really what I've done. I, I, I truly wanted to get some toy shots in. It's just it, I'm starting to feel like that hobby may have passed me by. I hope that's not the case, but I just I have zero motivation to do it. And it's a lot of shit we talked about. It's being locked up for almost a year now, living in the country, the, the country that is the worst at covid. It's finally really starting to wear me out uh, being yeah. locked up in the house, not being able to do fucking jack shit. Uh, it's just I think it's killed it's killed a lot of my loves for some of the side shit I you used need to, to get into. You need to do like Jesse did and just go on a vision quest. Yeah, like, like I mean, everything he, Kylo. Because he, he disappeared for months. He was right. gone forever. We thought that Jesse had moved to a different country, changed his name, changed his IG, just just forsaked everything in the world that wasn't and you it's know, been, wh- whatever this he was is doing. The, this is, I'm almost doing it now, buddy. That's the scary part. It's, <laughs> it's I think like, I've gone almost two months without a shoot. Uh, it's gotten so bad that it, for for my stress, my new toy stress, I, I've started t- putting figures that I've opened and just let sit for a year now. They're going away. Like they're they're either getting sold or they're going into the case. Hey, um, there you go. Because that way, I, I I won't feel like there's pressure to shoot them. And yes, if you're new to listening to this, I am a complete fucking asshole. <laughs> I have so many OCD mental problems now with collecting toys, uh, photographing toys, all this shit. Uh, it's just gotten to the point where I, I don't care. I just I, I like looking at Instagram. I still do our features every day, and, and I contend that's what has ruined it for me the most. <laughs> because I see everyone's work, I'm like, well, they did that shot. I'm not gonna do it. Well, that one's way better. Not I'm not gonna do it. And it's just like you all need right. to you need to uh, like see if one of the guys like during your down period of no photography, see if one of the masters like work more or less or Sir Dork or you know. Black Series, Papa, somebody can give you like Photoshop lessons, like like sit you down. Yeah, I mean like that's, 30 that's minutes what a normal a person would be doing right now. They'd be like, "All right, <laughs> I, how can I get better at this? How, how can I get some inspiration?" Me, I just sit there and whine about it, pace back and forth in my basement, then go bitch to my wife about it, and then I end up sitting on the couch playing Cyberpunk <laughs> twenty seventy seven and waiting until the next game ending or TV turning off glitch. Yeah, uh, but no, Bat, mean, Bat's in the chat saying he's he's having fun again. I I, I want to get there because I used to I used to fucking love shooting toys, not with guns, not throwing them at walls, <laughs> not stabbing them with knives, but actually going out with a camera and taking shots. I mean, it was something right before and during my daughter's birth, and really for the first year or two when she was a true meat bag. It was something I, I would do. I'd say three to four times a week, uh, at least both weekends every week. And you remember the days, Nick, I'd be like, hey, I've got 900 shots that still need processed. Yeah. Where is that guy at? I, how <laughs> many do you have left now? None. I dude, I haven't, one, I haven't done a shoot since shot. like, uh, the beginning of November. One shot. I, I don't even share shots on Haywood pop anymore. I mean, it, I've been so inactive on Haywood pop that I, Instagram's like, Oh, this counts dead. So I, I get nothing and I don't care anymore. I've at least gotten over that. Remember 2020 was a big bitch fest. Like, Oh, Instagram doesn't like me. Wow. 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 
I'm over that shit. Instagram shouldn't <laughs> like me because I don't fucking post anymore. So I get it, Algo. I get it. You showed me and I, I, I learned my lesson, but. Yeah, I think, you know, if you do come back to it, you need to move beyond the, the I need to see my account grow. I need to see. No, you're right. More you're followers. Right. You just need to do it yes. for the, the, the love of doing whatever you're doing. You're 100% I right. Mean, and I think that's for, where I'm at, but I still can't. Yeah get through this block of dude just you you've had four weeks off you've pissed away two and a half of them you got one and a half left right so we got like one two three eight days or something do a shoot it's just like it can't do it's like i've almost made it homework nick right it's it's almost don't force yourself it's become an assignment and i think that's why again i'm just like well fuck you fuck you Don't don't force yourself. Just let it come naturally. Right. And then for those of you who are either new to the Star Wars Time Show or just started following us when we officially rebranded the Star Wars Time Show, I say do something because you love it and not to see follower growth or anything, anything like that. Because for four years, we launched Star Wars Time Proper in 2019, beginning of 2019. So this is the beginning of our sec- third year, second year. I don't know. Something like that. Um, we did Star Wars Time for four years right on the entertainment buddha podcast network which is now shut like entertainment buddha is now shut down that was matt's old geek site and we didn't even know if people were listening we had no idea what our following was like we had no idea how many people were listening to our show in comparison to the other shows that were on uh that stuff and and we got essentially no interactions because we didn't have our own social channels, anything like that. We were just doing it to do it. Yeah. We like Matt and I would sit down for an hour, maybe two at that point per, you know, once a week, maybe twice a week, do the show because we just like bullshitting with each other. And we're like, you know what? We record it. We put it out there. People listen. I'll tell you what, there, I think there are some gems in those archives of people that dig them up because this is when. We'd only do it, what, like every other week, something like that? And we it was, started off like every other week, yeah. and then we moved to once a week Once a week, point. and then we got into two days a week. But when we first started, it was almost always on Fridays, right after yep. happy hour. Yep. <laughs> and I would be rolling out of B-dubs with fucking lit, basically. I mean, I'm talking, yeah. I drink four tall boys, <laughs> come back, slap on the headset, and be like, woohoo! <laughs> Yeah, that was now the this era is of, of pod racing, Matt. that type of shit. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that that was when we were doing it just because right. we enjoyed doing it, and I think that for for Matt's for your toy photography, you just have to get back to that. You have to get back to oh, I know EBSWT for your for I, your. Toy I've got I've I've Nick I've I've gotten there. I've gotten <laughs> over the oh it's for likes and this like I I, I truly it's like whatever. I, I've come to terms with how IG wants to handle my account. That's fine. It really is just getting that that desire and kind of taking it back to the beginning and just enjoying it, having fun, not worrying about oh it's got to look this way or that way or this way. Like Bat said, have a few beers, go out, blow some shit up, and maybe you get a decent snap to share. So yeah, maybe actually go shoot one of your toys. Like go shoot it with the gun that you got for your birthday. Hey, welcome to the show, Utah Don. It looks like he he was looking for the latest episode and found the live stream. Hey, hey, there we go. We're like the this gift is, that it's keeps a better on one giving. to stumble upon anyway. So. <laughs> uh, but really, I mean, uh, over the week off, just just didn't do much. I mean, someone like me that that lives on a diet and an exercise routine, I always look forward to weeks that I I kind of tune out of that lifestyle. Uh, but I can tell you what, by by Sunday night, I was just going, how the fuck do people live this way? 
I mean, I may have eaten a little bit more than some people because I don't do it all the time. So, you know, I get a little gluttonous. Uh, but by Sunday night, man, I was just like, fuck, I, <laughs> I don't want to eat again. I don't want to drink another beer. I, I just want to go back to breaking my joints and, and lifting some steel uh, and trying to run with my little short stride that only gets me, you know, about a 10 minute mile when I feel like I'm flying. Have you tried running recently in your adult life? Um, not running. <laughs> I mean, like you're like, oh for... shit, dude. What do you mean running? Are you fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> I, I like we have a, uh, you know, we have like a path around the pond that's right by our house. So uh, for a bit there, I was going jogging with the pup. This was like earlier in summer. Yeah. Um, I never like full out ran. Yeah, like, maybe I, I mean, don't get me like wrong. A... I, I don't run either. I'm a hobbit. <laughs> I'm built or, uh, you know, uh, what, what does Gimli say? The dwarf, you know, dwarfs are built yeah. for sprints. It's for sprints, yeah. not long distances. Right. That, that, yeah. That's how I am. But, you know, I have I am in probably the best shape of my life. I may not look like, like it now because I, I easily put on 10 pounds of pure lard, pure <laughs> lard. Like I could get up and do the, the truffle shuffle <laughs> if you guys wanted me to. Kingdom um, of Weird says he only runs if somebody's chasing him, which is a good, you know, good. I, I don't blame me because I, I think runners are assholes. <laughs> I really do. I, I think it's one of the most uh, destructive things you can do to your body. Yet I understand why people do it because as much as I hate it, after a run or just I started running in November because I, I, I fucking hate it. Like Kingdom Weird saying it, it, unless someone's chasing me with a gun. My fat ass is not going to increase my gait from a walking pace. <laughs> but when you do it and you keep at it, it's hard to deny the results. I mean, it is, it's like a full body ass kick. Everything yeah. feels nice and tight when you're done riding, especially if you uh, couple it with some weight training. Um, but it's, I don't know, man, I, I can already feel it. The 40 year old knees are, are starting to get uh, shredded up. I, I thought taking a week off would, would help the elbow. No, I just got to realize that I'm an old fucking man. Now my <laughs> testosterone is non-existent. And if I want to work out like I'm a kid again, I'm going to pay for it, uh, dearly. Yeah. Uh, but it's been nice. It's been nice, but we're back, right? We're back. We're here to talk some star Wars and boy, did star Wars go out with a bang in 2020. I mean, obviously, we had all things Mando going. They dropped the Disney investor call on us. Yep. Uh, I mean, they, they just took uh, the big Disney D, as we like to say, and they were like, eat it. Eat it. Yeah. Star Wars is alive and well and has not need rescued. But yeah, yeah. Um, they were very clear about that. All the Star Wars Disney haters out there, they were like, OK, you hate Disney Star Wars. So so here's all the content you're going to miss. Right. If you don't watch right, go Disney, ahead. Star go ahead and Wars. cancel Disney Plus. Have at it. We don't care because we're already making six hundred million a month. Yeah, easy. Let's think about it again. Six hundred. <laughs> it, it was six hundred eight or six hundred eighty. I can't remember. But it's six hundred is like six hundred and eight million dollars yeah. a, a month. month. Just on Disney on just Plus. Disney Plus subs. And you just think about Disney everything Plus. else that did the mouse owns. I mean, think about it. ESPN, ABC, Marvel. Yeah unreal i mean they don't need the fucking theme parks anymore they can blow those those pieces of shit up and just just make cash on disney plus yeah they they are a true multimedia multi-entertainment empire like it's unquestionable like disney before it was like movies and parks yeah we like it disney channel okay you got a tv now every they what don't they have 
They have radio stations because of ESPN. They got right. Radio Disney. They got no, all they, this other they, shit. They are. I mean, honestly, it's we we could probably say they're a very anti-American company. I mean, they're they're a monopoly over media for the most part. Uh, they're getting there pretty much. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, if you think about it, there, there's probably two or three organizations in the world that control everything we see or read. Disney is one uh, of them. Rupert Murdoch <laughs> is the other with his Fox bullshit and all the stuff he does in Australia. Uh, but Disney, for sure. I mean, they, they they dictate entertainment at this point in time for all of humanity. Yeah. Um, and you know what? They're they're even now taking over the book space. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm going right, to Yeah, because uh, before we get into that, I, I do want to address what's been up on the screen the whole time we've been uh, yentering around here. And you know how Nick and I, me in particular, uh, we're big fans of, of people uh, loving us. And, and making us feel like we are much cooler and much more important than we truly are. Uh, so we got, you know, we, we throughout, we, we didn't completely cut ourselves off from our fans uh, last week. I mean, we're always interacting on Discord and I'm at least on IG checking things out there. But uh, and we got nice notes from other people, but uh, only one person decided to sit down and, and kind of write an essay about what the Star Wars Time Show means to them. And that's our buddy Action Figure Neverland, who rebranded from Action Figure Noob a few months ago. I'm talking about Brian Constantine. If you're in the toy photography scene, you know who he is. He's a great guy. Uh, but, you know, th this one just kind of caught me off guard because he, he tagged Haywood Pop. He tagged at that Nick C. He tagged the account. But this this is the type of stuff that I've said over and over. I mean, sometimes you guys probably think I'm uh, I'm joking when I say I I don't want to take money from people. I just want to take your feedback, praise. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be praise, Nick. I would prefer it to be praise. But but just the feedback in general, knowing people are listening and either hating us or loving us is all that matters to me. I always feel like if people care, the other stuff. Uh, the accolades, the potential uh, monetary benefits, they will come. Obviously, we have sucked for four years because none of that has happened. Uh, but in 2020, I think we, 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 we finally have started to develop some sort of a fan base. It clearly isn't uh, increasing exponentially like I want it to, but one of these days it will. I just got to keep thinking that. Uh, and it's because of feedback like this from someone that, I, I mean, I don't know Brian in real life. I've never met the man. I've only interacted with him through the show and through Instagram. And, and this is what he wrote to us on his Instagram as a post. This wasn't a story. This was like just a, I am a Star Wars time show fan and I am not embarrassed to say so type of uh, exclamation to the world. And here's what he said. My job over the years has been pretty fast paced and quite demanding. Then the lockdowns happened and I found myself all of a sudden figuring out what to do with all the unexpected free time I got. I was a little bit flustered to say the least, but one of the things that kept me sane and having something to look forward to every week was discovering the at Star Wars Time Show podcast. Hey, that's us. Boo! Hey. <laughs> Matt at Haywood Pop, the guy that doesn't take toy pictures anymore, and Nick <laughs> at that Nick C, the guy that hates social media, brought new life in my Star Wars fandom through troubling times. And for that, I thank you for all their hard work on continuing to get us hyped for all things Star Wars and what they've been doing for us toy photographers and Star Wars fans in general. 
looking forward to everything they have in store for us in the new year. And really, if you haven't been following these guys, especially if you're a Star Wars fan, you're seriously missing out. I could go on and on in praise to them, but simply, Matt and Nick, may the Force be with you both always. Oh, and sorry I stole your logo from your Facebook page. That's all right. We stole it from a poor person in South America, and we are using it too, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Uh, We paid the man. (laughs) But but then we got got some of the the regulars here, some of the super fans, Toy at Heart, here, here. Uh, Scion, our boy, those guys have the best podcast. Kingdom of Weirds in here. Ditto at Star Wars Time Shows. Much appreciated. This Haywood pop asshole, I heard that show was all right. Um, we speak your name. We do speak your name. Star Wars Time Show itself coming in with a fist and a beer. I was probably drunk. As I, the typical Star Wars Time Show response. Yeah, I'm, I'm either giving... Only it, emojis. Yes, that's how I roll. That's how I roll. I do not type comments out on Instagram. If you actually get words from me on Instagram, you've impressed me. Yeah. Uh, and then our, our buddy at that Nick C. Thanks for the love. I'm glad we could help you get through the shit show that was 2020 with our own weekly shit show. And he's not kidding. <laughs> it is a shit show, but I do think it is one that is fun. So if you enjoy it, make sure to infect the minds of others that may also uh, want to check this little, as Nick calls it, shit show out. There we go. All right, buddy. So let's get into this week's topics. Uh, they're fairly light. Some of it's bullshit. Some of it is Star Wars fan drama, which you know we're accustomed to. It is Star Wars after all. Uh, yeah. But then after that, we're going to have some fun. Right. Uh, Listicle time. Listicles are (laughs) always a a good talking piece for a podcast. So we're going to we're going to give our our 15 count them 15 of the best Star Wars moments from 2020. Uh, I threw out some predictions for 2021. Maybe Nick will have some live when we get to it. And then obviously we will honor the fans with our now infamous, some call it iconic fan segment that has the question of the week responses. And of course, some sort of celebration for you Star Wars fan artists. There we go. But first, Nick, you got the book. Give us the give book. us the down low on the launch of the High Republic era, which so for those which happened you, yesterday, right or today? Yes. So today is the official release day. I got this nice book here, Star Wars: The High Republic: Light of the Jedi. Uh, it was delivered today, about an hour before the show went live. So I haven't read any words of it yet. and shit. Um, for those of you who are saying like, oh yeah, last book you got, you didn't even finish it. Well, I was telling Matt before that we, you know, we went live that I really feel like the new Thrawn trilogy is a little bit weaker than the previous one. Uh, and the, the, the intern had been canon. warning us to the fact, I mean, I, I think he finished it, but he, he also said it just wasn't quite grabbing his, his, his Thrawn boner at the, at the, yeah. at the onset. It's not quite the same. So one second here Uh, we got to move one of our our furry co-hosts as as you may know we have two furry co-hosts yes Uh, both female both female cats i believe so yes um so the the high republic era is now launched it is now here uh january 5th today marked the release of light of the jedi and uh one of the other uh young adult novels from justina ireland um So it's now here, and there was a one-hour-long live stream yesterday to kind of kick things off. They gave us a a, a full launch trailer, which was only about a minute and a half long, Um, but it kind of lays out 
in very short terms, you know, what to expect from this era, what to expect from this publishing initiative. And then we also got how the the rollout, quote unquote, of this will happen. It's going to it's going to be a multi year, um, multi year initiative that will happen in three phases. So we're now in phase one. Phase one is the light of the Jedi. Um, there is no announcement as to what is going to be included in that other than all of the, the content that's coming out now. Uh, there's no announcement on when that will end and when we're going to get to phase two. Um, but right now we are in the light of the Jedi phase. Uh, phase two is quest of the Jedi. And then phase three is trials of the Jedi. And, and Nick, just to clarify the book you got, can we say these are, these are going to be like the, the proper high Republic novels. Like they're, they're the main and all yes. the other ones are, are, you know, maybe we'll tie in, but they're, they're more ancillary. It's hard to like, it's hard to tell at this point because there's no, from what I can see, there's no like, this is a direct tie in to this ah, one shit. as of you know yet. What? I, it was on Reddit today and I wanted to post it, but someone created a, an amazing graphic of all the upcoming canon Star Wars books, yeah. comics, shows. And I fucked that up, so I don't even know why I'm talking about it. It's useless, but I, they may have had that on there, Nick. That's why it's I was, was bringing it up. But um, so right now there's there's two novels released. There is uh, The Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, which is the official release. That, that's what with, I meant. Like Soule's yeah. book or the, those ones, they're like the the main kicking off point. Like they're, they're, they're the ones that are going to be doing the broad strokes to kind of flesh out the high Republic era, the Nihil, the main Jedi and like the main problems going on. But then you're going to have like some young adult shit. You're going to have kids books, comics. The Justina Ireland's book came out on, uh, on today as well. So January 5th. And that is a test of courage. That is a young adult novel, which is still pretty thick. I saw somebody who has it. It's still a pretty long book. And then there is one coming out next month, February 2nd, that's called Into the Dark. That's by Claudia Gray. Um, so all of these books are going to be tied into this, you know, this new era of Star Wars. But there, to my knowledge, there is no direct like the read, you know, this one is directly tied into this one, which is right. Directly right. Tied into I, this I, one. I keep yes. fucking this up. This is my problem. Let me try it again. Can we look at the Soule books? I don't know if he's doing all all three or if he's on part of them. Like they are the A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. And then all the other stuff kind of feeds off of what's happening in those books, right? I guess so. I don't even know if if the the if the phase names are all books though. If we don't like to read, <laughs> we should just stick to the Soule stuff to get the the main points of the high Republic. Yeah. Maybe right there now, we go. Only, it took me yeah. three fucking tries, but I finally got it <laughs> right now. There's only one. So if you're only going to read Sule, all you have to worry about is the light of the Jedi book. Who knows when the quest of the Jedi right. or the trials of the Jedi you phases th- are Nick, going you would to start. Think it, it, it's got, I believe they're all done because this shit was supposed to come out. Spring oh no, of 2020. these are definitely not done. The quest of the Jedi and the trials of the Jedi, those are years well, I, away. I'm talking what happened yesterday and today was supposed to happen in the, I believe, spring of 20. Like the, like yeah, the High it was Republic to, it was, was supposed I believe, to release in August. Okay, yeah. It was supposed to release 2020, but because of, you know, fuck off and all this stuff, it's not. Yeah. I, I guess really what I'm trying to get at, if you're a lazy asshole like me, 
and you know you're not going to read all this stuff, if you just had to pick and choose, I'm thinking the, the Soule-led novels would be the way to go. Yeah, which right now, only Light of the Jedi. Right. Not sure when anything else is releasing, though. Like right now, the the only other books that are out or that will be coming out in 2021 is Into the Dark, which is Claudia Gray. Then you have um, Justina Ireland's A Test of Courage. And then you also have The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott, which is coming out in June. Gotcha. So that is, I believe, all of the proper novelizations that aren't for little kids that will be coming okay. out in 2021. That's, that's way too much. So I'm definitely going to just probably stick to the Soule. And I, I do think I may come around to this and I'll tell you why. You know, I'm very anti-reading stuff. It takes <laughs> up too much time. Uh, but I've also, now that I'm crossing over into my geriatric years, <laughs> I've started walking a lot. Uh, I, I work out five days a week in some some capacity, either uh, weights, cross training, running, whatever. Uh, but that I, I'd usually take Saturday and Sunday off, just hang around, scratch my balls, that type of shit. I, I've now started doing, you know, two and a half, three mile walks on Saturday and Sunday. Dude, I, I walked in snowstorms and like, again, it's become OCD. I feel like if I don't walk on the weekends, I will die. Okay. But because of that, and because my man Stern only does three shows a week and sometimes I get caught up, I, I really, uh, part of the allure of walking is just, you know, being outside, being by yourself. But for someone that likes listening to spoken words like me, I mean, I, I like sports talk. Obviously, everyone knows I'm a huge Stern fan. And, you know, we do our own little dumb talking show here. So I, I love talk radio. I love something talking to me when I'm walking. And, and I'm starting to think for those days where I don't have a Stern show downloaded or I've listened to him or he's been on a break. Uh, rather than firing up the Star Wars time show and listening to our dumb asses or listening to the wrap-up show, I, I could start maybe peeling through some of these books. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. And, you know, I, I would start off with the first Thrawn trilogy. So Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn Alliances, Thrawn Treason. Oh, get, no, get the fuck out. I'm not, I'm not backtracking. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking like this stuff right here. These stuff. Okay, so the brand new high Yeah, I, yeah, think I can't, I can't make up lost ground at this point, friend. Yeah. I, I got to just dive into the new stuff. I think it's a perfect time, and I would start off with the light and of the I, Jedi. It's like, I don't know the guy, but I, I respect him because of what he's done on YouTube. But Star Wars Explained, uh, I just caught, like, he, he sent out a video, but he basically said... The High Republic, this Light of the Jedi, is is one of the best Star Wars books he's read. That's well, that's good. If you know anything about explained, like I mean, this is a guy like his whole life. Like this is what he does. He he does what I wish Nick and I could do, which is just make Star Wars content and talk about Star Wars for a living. Uh, But his is more not speculative. His is his is like history shit. Like he he goes through, he does recap and reviews. But but I mean, he reads everything. The guy wins Star Wars trivia master tournaments. So, I I mean, very knowledgeable. And to hear him say, yeah, this is one of the better Star Wars books in recent memory. That's just like, yeah, you know what? I I bet it could be pretty good because. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I hate that it's words and shit, but you gotta, you gotta think this is completely new territory. Exactly. Uh, That's what I was going to say is you can't assign any sort of preconceived notion no. to it because you have no right. idea. The, the, the only connection we have is Yoda. And I like that we have that connection. Cause I think it will, 
it'll allow that character to be shown in a slightly different light, which is that it's that tie in I've always talked about. If you are going to extend years or hundreds of years into the future of the past of Star Wars, that's great. Awesome. Show us something new. But I always had a caveat of give us a little sliver, a little connection to the past, to the future, to the present, be it hollow recordings, this, that, or the other thing. So I think having Yoda involved in the High Republic was a smart move. Uh, It's someone that's familiar. Uh, It's a huge character in really the Skywalker saga and beyond. But it'll allow, you know, super dorks like me or Nick to, you know, get get a better understanding of Master Yoda. What, what was he up to? Was he always talking backwards? Was he always <laughs> so fuel? Uh, what, 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 did he have his hubris back then? Was he blind to everything back then? Was Did he have when a little edge a, to him? You know, did he have a little Grogu yeah. in him? Did he eat when a he lot? When he was a spry 700-year-old. Exactly. Way before his his days as a 900-year-old so, that we lived through. I, I, um, I do. I think I think the walking and just the enjoyment of being outside and listening to something may spur me on to actually consume some yeah. of this High Republic stuff. And I, I will say, too, for those of you who are watching the launch trailer, this is specific to the publishing initiative. So calls out novels, comic books, magazines even. Uh, short stories. Yeah, I saw they're they, doing they, a recurring story in the Insider magazine as part of all this. So it's going to be like a, like a true serial where I, I didn't even know Star Wars Insider still existed. I mean, I, I used to be a, a fan VIP member, all that shit. But it sounds like in each issue now, they will be continuing a, a High Republic story of some sort. That's pretty cool. Um, they did not mention... Uh, Leslie Headland's The Acolyte series in this because I'm pretty sure this is just this launch trailer is specific to the publishing initiative. But we do know that one Leslie Headland show The Acolyte is set in the High Republic era, but we don't know whether it will tie directly into characters that we have met in the novels or anything like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, we so, we know we're gonna get moving images with Leslie's thing. It's just like Nick saying, will will they have some little buffer there, like a little comic run? Kind of like I did with Kylo to or Ben to explain his turn uh, to kind of set up that project. But I don't know. I've, yeah. I, I've slowly started to get a little excited about High Republic era. It, it really is. It's because it's the unknown. Uh, and I just I'm not going to lie. I do love a good science fiction tale. I, I did yeah. used to read. I mean, I, I, I read most of the Halo books. I was reading Mass Effect books. Uh, it's not really a lot of Star Wars books, believe it or not. Yeah, you know I mean, how you I am on the see, EU. Like back here. I have like two shelves yeah. basically full of these aren't even all of them. Like this is just ones that my parents brought over full of Star Wars books that I had read in the past. There's still some that's off camera as well. So I've, I've always been a big fan of Star Wars expanded universe novels. For those of you who have gone to school with me at some uh, sometimes during the podcast previously, you know that I have an extensive EU background. Um, so I'm excited. This this actually got me excited. And I told Taylor when I came in, my girlfriend, I was like, I'm actually pretty excited about this book. Unlike the last one that I was reading, the the Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising, because it's it's new. It's completely new. Like we know Thrawn. We've seen Thrawn a lot of things, but this is like I don't know who any of these characters are for the most part. I don't know what the setting's like. I don't know what anything is, you know, any of the events are of this of this universe, of this timeline. So it it's it's gonna be like jumping into the expanded universe for the first time, uh, like you know, I did when I was, you know, a young teen. You know, finally getting into this universe that I don't know what happened outside of, you know, 
the, the movies. Now it's just that's what the High Republic is for me. So I'm super excited. For All it. right. I think sticking with the book scene, right? We we got a yes. little something came out. I think yeah. it was last week or a few days ago about the the Force Awakens novelization and the author behind that, Alan Dean Foster. Uh, and apparently, in the novelization of the Force Awakens, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, but but he was kind of he had some lines in there hinting that. Uh, there would be some sort of uh, lovey-doveyness between Finn and Rey. Yeah. So in his estimation, you know, like as with every movie, there is a novelization that's released with it. The novelizations are meant to kind of give color to some of the more um, hazy things that are in the movie, potentially add in some context to things that may have hit the cutting room floor or something like that. For example, in the Force Awakens novelization... Um, there's a moment, the moment in the movie where, where Kylo's on the ground on Starkiller base in the snow, Ray's kind of like walking over him in the, in the book. It says like, she's, she can feel the pull of the dark side, but she's fighting it off. Yeah. And in her head, she doesn't even really know what the dark side is at that moment, but she just feels like this, this compelling anger to attack him. But what Alan Dean Foster revealed is that, that he had written lines that would have essentially pushed along the idea that was, you know, some would argue that was pretty obvious in TFA that there was kind of a budding relationship between Finn and Ray. Um, he was told to remove those by Disney and Lucasfilm. Um, Alan Dean Foster also goes on to say, uh, some pretty disparaging things about The Last Jedi. He did not go on to write The Last Jedi novelization. Um, he says, uh, so this was uh, uh, what I put in the article. He said, at the time, Foster believed that uh, this was due to Lucasfilm Limited wanting the story to properly be fleshed out in The Last Jedi. But as Foster put it, uh, quote by Foster, and zero happened with it. And we all know why zero happened with it. There's no need to go into it in depth. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's just sadly the way things I are. I got a few comments on Alan Dean. First, <laughs> I've heard he hasn't been paid for his work, so that's not good. Second, yeah, if, you can kind of tell this guy has an agenda and he might be he, a little bit of a douchebag. He's uh, definitely a TLJ hater. Yeah, because, and, and listen, I'm not like Mr. TLJ. Don't, don't get me wrong there, but I'm also not someone that's going to sit there and live in la-la land and write my own novelization to make myself feel better <laughs> about what, what Ryan decided to do in TLJ. I, I, like, people like that, it's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, I think the... the, the it just makes him thing. sound like an asswipe. You know what it I mean? does. Like it makes him sound very, very disgruntled. Like I know uh, everything. I can do it better. Fuck all. It's like all right. But it is. It is interesting that like essentially the guy who Disney and Lucasfilm hired to write the novelization of this movie, and usually they do allow that kind of color to be filled in in the, in right. the books. They were essentially like, no, you you can't do that. And that just goes back to kind of what we've been saying about the sequel trilogy is that the inherent disconnection in the story due to the different yeah. writers and <laughs> authors and everything like that. Like there was even no the clear, people... there was no clear path or narrative yeah. through the three movies. I mean, they should at least had a general outline. Like, listen, this Ray starts here. She ends here. Finn starts here. He ends here. There was none of that. It's literally Ray started somewhere in TFA, ended up somewhere else in TLJ and went off the fucking rails and, and rise. It's, 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 it's odd. It is, 
and I know it bums Nick out, and I, I don't, I'm not saying I hate these movies, but the, but the trilogy itself as a whole, you have to look at it and be like, man, what a missed opportunity. Yeah, it's a missed opportunity to tell some really great Skywalker-laden content without the Skywalkers being the main focus. That, that could have happened, and they could have still been involved. And it just didn't end up that way, and it, it's a fucking bummer because that, that was it. That was, the, that was the last hurrah with the... Uh, original cast and trying to pass the baton to this new one and it just i don't know yeah. there's so I much hope the, coming the, out of tfa and then it just if you do not rein in artists they will do what they do and and that's yeah. what happened i mean i think that the the baton passing really happened at the end of mando season two i think that you know a lot of the fans out there who felt um you know kind of cast off by the sequel trilogy have now found their their sequel that they were all hoping for that everybody's been looking for and you know that this essentially this mantle passing from luke skywalker himself mark hamill to the group of uh you know mandos and and people that were at the end of mando season two i think that this is kind of what people are now looking to as like the proper continuation of the st- of the Skywalker right. story, I, I do at think least though, that time like period. obviously Carrie dying, I think it was one of the biggest things that really fucked things up. Yeah, um, but let let's say she did not pass. I I really think what Colin had planned would have made this trilogy ten times better at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean it could have because it at least it at least used <laughs> what was happening in TLJ. And kind of continued those paths. It didn't just more or less retcon all that stuff and ignore the movie. Yeah, I mean, but hey, it, it's done. <laughs> There's really nothing we can do at this point. It, it just, it, it. I mean, we just watched Rise a night or two ago, and it, it has its moments. But I, I look at that movie now and just go like, ah, uh, Ray, Ray fucking Palpatine. That's all I can see is Ray Palpatine. <laughs> like, get out of here. <laughs> Very weird. Um, so yeah. So for those of you who have read any of the novelizations, just uh, just know that that you know there were some heavy edits that went on for probably all of them, not just for the TFA one. Um, the last piece of actual news that we have, I mean, news. This is all just really things that popped up over the the week that we were off. Uh, centers around our good buddy Pablo Hidalgo. A literal Lucasfilm executive, the head of the Lucasfilm story group, um, he went on, I don't want to say a bit of a tirade, but he said, you know, uh, an unsavory line to a to a more famous Star Wars fan out there on Twitter and the Internet just kind of took him to task for it. Um, So Star Wars theory uh, if those of you who are familiar with the Star Wars YouTube space, you probably know who Star Wars Theory is. His videos are very popular. Um, he he essentially put out uh, his reaction video to the end of. No, Mando he was. I, I, he was watching. He was just live streaming, watching, watching the, the the episode. And I read yeah. like he was, you know, like the rest of us. He's just very, watching it very intently. And then the Luke stuff comes up, and uh, like myself, and I'm assuming more than a few of you. You probably got a little emotional, as did... No one really knows this guy's name. I guess they call him Twos. Uh, you know, he cried a little bit, and then then Pablo... And I really do think Pablo is being sarcastic, and this has all just been blown up for to gain more attention. But hey, good good for Star Wars theory. I mean, any type of press is good press in, in this game. 
but I, I don't know. I mean, it, it obviously got blown up, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, so he, he essentially, Pablo essentially commented somewhere on Twitter and said, emotions are not for sharing. Um, and he literally just got piled on by fans everywhere. I mean, everybody fucking jumped in and, and started giving him shit about like, you know, you're the head of the story group. How can you say something like this? You know, why are you telling people not to show emotions that they feel and everything like that? And shortly after Hidalgo kind of, I don't want to say backtrack, but he clarified kind of what you were saying, Matt. He says that, um, I wish to clarify that my emotions are not to be shared post was sarcastic self-mockery and was certainly not intended to be hurtful to anyone. And I'm deeply sorry that it was. As a lifelong fan, I appreciate fans expressing how they feel. It's what being a fan is about. Right. Um, so here's here's, here's be- my take on it. I really do yeah. think, and uh, fuck Pablo, right? I mean, this asshole is responsible for the story group and all the shit that went down with the sequel. He was he's a part of that mess. So I I have no love for this guy. In fact, I should be doing what Pablo Hidalgo has been doing his <laughs> whole life. So fuck yeah. him first and foremost. Uh, but I do think it was him just being a sarcastic idiot and not reading the room. I, I don't think he was uh, signaling out twos or Star Wars theory uh, to to poke fun at him. Uh, with that being said, if you work at Lucasfilm, you got to have more brains than that. All right, it's it just it's a bad look. Yeah. Whether like he, whether he was meaning it to be hurtful or not, it's just not something you should do. Yeah, no. I mean, and if you are going to say that in a sarc- like sarcastic manner, then you have to make it clear right. in the post. Like ha- like the the post j- literally just said emotions are not for sharing. You hit the nail on the head, Nick, and a lot of people like being an educator, I I have to explain this a lot of times. <sighs> Trying to convey emotion in written word is is almost impossible or intention. Yeah. Uh, that's why if you ever if you're ever pissy or angry at someone trying to resolve it through text messages is the worst thing you can do because you could be meaning something when you text it but the other person could receive it in an entirely different way and that's what happened here yeah like i said i i don't think pablo was was trying to be mean but he is dumb as fuck like that, that i will say that's clear that if you if you look at pablo hidalgo's account now he only has like 1700 followers and this is reflective of something another incident that happened in 2019 where he essentially called like star wars fans shitty assholes and then went on like a spree (laughs) of just like retweeting and here's the deal he's not fucking wrong but if you're pablo at lucasfilm you don't do this that is exactly what i said in the (laughs) post i was like look I was like, he's certainly right. Like a lot of Star Wars fans are shitty assholes or shitty or assholes or both combined. But like you are an executive at Lucasfilm. Yeah. Or were. I don't know if he still is because now his Twitter account reads like his Twitter account bio says retired and having fun. Yeah. So I don't know if he still works there. I don't know what his affiliation is with Lucasfilm at this point. There's been no announcement about him not working there anymore. So we just have to assume that he still does. But like essentially in 2019, this is what happened. He says, um, 
you know, he says it's the fandom's always been shitty. There's always been an enclave of scientists uncovering a new strata of shifty hitherto on scene, whatever. He's like basically calling out some of the fandom for being shitty. He gets essentially taken to task for that. And then he goes on to nuke his entire Twitter account. Like he reset, he had 72,000 followers at that time. Right. He has basically reset it. Like a- after that point, he, he completely went to zero. He deleted all of his tweets. He unfollowed everybody. Yeah, he he probably following. got a few more followers this past week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now, well, now he's only got 1,700. So after that, that new, yeah, it's just, in I mean, here, here again, here, here's the, here's the, here's the take. Stay off of Twitter. Yeah, it's a bad fucking look from from someone that works at Lucasfilm. Yeah, um, I, I don't think he was doing it to be a dick, but obviously it shows that he doesn't have a brain. So, there especially we go. considering that Star Wars theory is a very he, he is the I, biggest. I, I would I'm I'm gonna go out there like I haven't looked, but I, I would argue he is the biggest Star Wars fan creator out there. Yeah, like I mean, he's, he's got huge. over three million just on his Star Wars theory, and he's got theory for every other fucking pop culture universe out there. Yeah, I mean, he's huge, and I mean, like this is somebody who's essentially, I mean, like even though he doesn't directly work for Star Wars, I'm talking about Star Wars theory here. He's a brand ambassador. Oh yeah, dude, he's. I mean, he's got sway. He's got yeah. fucking sway with the fandom. I mean. It, I want this guy's fucking sway. Like, like when I put out a tweet, oh, boo-hoo, someone made fun of me, I want 100,000 of my fans to fucking pile on Pablo Hidalgo and tell him they want him to die. Yeah. Like, I mean, this guy has a fucking army. So l- let's comment on twos a bit. I want him on the show, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but let's be real. This was the greatest thing that could have happened to this guy. I mean, this this is free publicity. It makes him a pariah, right? I mean, he it just increased his star Wars fan cred by a thousand. And yeah, he knows I what mean, he's doing. He knows exactly when, what he's doing. When you can literally get this, like you get a Lucasfilm executive to make fun of you essentially. And then you call him out on it. Like I, I'm sure that when he got called, like when he called him out on it, he was actually like, man, this is fucked up, but you were right. I mean, like you've essentially had the entire star Wars fandom, like, Coming to your side and saying like, what the fuck? Like, because who is going to say like, it's wrong to show emotion at Star Wars when like everybody at some point in their life. It was brilliant. What what this guy does. I mean, again, if I was an idiot, I would live stream myself watching Mandalorian and crying and all that. I mean, he's a pro at this. I mean, that's why you get the following and he creates really good content, like custom content. He does the cartoons. He did his own live action Star Wars thing, but he is one of those fans that, you know, he feels very entitled at this point. Like, oh, Lucasfilm is mad that I made a Star Wars project. I was like, well, yeah, it's their license. I mean, yeah. And then, but he has an army. So they're all like, yeah, fuck Disney. They're assholes (laughs) for not letting people steal their license and profit off of it. It's like, yeah, look, if it was that easy, then our our last guest uh, on the show, Matt, from GTP Toys wouldn't have to go through all the hoops that he went through exactly. to, to make his plastic space walls. I mean, but I mean, on, come on! <laughs> like the guy did the reaction video. This gift fell into his lap. Then he did a response to Pablo and had millions and millions of views. 
Yeah. So he's got a great game going, and, and that army he's got is one that I am quite <laughs> jealous of. Yeah, uh, no, so I mean, uh, we, we got to get him on the show, even though we're, yeah. he's so fucking, I mean, he, he would be the biggest guest we've had just in term of, of his cred. I mean, this guy has got Star Wars fan cred, whether you like it or not. Yeah, um, I, I, he's I, even got, you know, fucking Luke Skywalker. I mean, Mark Hamill, like retweeting his stuff. Oh, yeah. And- yeah. No, he's legit. I mean, he's what I wish I was. I, I would love to have that type of following. I think it would probably get old after a while and the pressure would suck. But I I 100% feel like people should listen to myself and Nick just as much as they listen to Star Wars Theory. So make Hopefully it fucking happen. Day. Hopefully right. one day. But yes, that, that was our little pieces of Star Wars drama during the week off that we took. We got the the, the TFA author kind of shitting on uh tlj and all of disney and lucas i wrote my own episode nine to re- retcon <laughs> then, it's like all right have fun dude and then mr hidalgo himself uh putting some unwise words out there on the internet so just 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 a big heads up to all of you out there uh don't say dumb shit on twitter even if you're a nobody all it takes is for you know one person that you're associated with or that you work with to see that and if it's unsavory it pops up and you can get uh, shot down. For yeah, just don't do it. I mean, unless you're already point. famous or have a big following, just just stop at this point. Just stop. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I've so, stopped everything. I mean, outside of social media for Star Wars time, I, I don't do dick shit. Yeah, I, I um, try to stay off of the social media as much as possible. Uh, the only things that I do is, you know, obviously I'll go through our Star Wars uh, time it. show Instagram yeah, for the our, top our, five, our little, our little just, dysfunctional Discord group this tuesday thing and the live streamers and then i you know i'll get on ig to look at people's work that's it i don't post any of my thoughts ever on on twitter facebook i mean fuck facebook i need to delete that bullshit <laughs> uh, but yeah anyway star wars theory is awesome we suck we need to get them on the show and and figure out how to become awesome uh, I, I just, I don't know, there, there's a part of me, Nick, I feel like, and I've always felt like this, at least with myself when it comes to getting jobs or interviews, but I always feel like if, if I can just get myself in front of people, they'll get it, right? Yeah, people people they'll will get like it. us. Like, like I know for a fact if Lauren would have just gave me the chance, I guarantee she would have had a fantastic time and probably would have had the best interview she's ever given. Well, um, me, let's let's not close the door on it. We'll I'm, not, I'm just saying, I, I think... Yeah, I know. I, 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 I fuck it. I'm cocky. I think I'm good at this shit. And I, I think <laughs> if more people are exposed to it, they'll also figure that stuff out. It's just it's just getting in the door. Got to get in the door. I mean, if we get twos on the show or whatever the fuck his name is. He's going to be bringing some of that audience. Yeah, I think it would be nuts. I mean, I, I, I think our heads would explode because this chat would be flowing through like his own where you can't even read the fucking chat there's so yeah, many people like, you literally just have to like catch a catch a phrase in passing but uh we you know, know maybe one day one we'll these get... things you know we're, we're like a rash you know yeah. you just gotta let it grow on you before you yeah. appreciate it yeah just like all the hardcore fans <sighs> just just let the rash spread <laughs> all right people Maybe maybe content like this will get us some more fans. Uh, I, I still lay it on the, the listeners because I, I really don't know what else I can do. Uh, I've damn near killed myself trying to, to get a following. It just doesn't work. So uh, 
I've, I've kind of taken the sign, so I'm just I'm passing the buck to the fans at this point. I suck. You guys make us better. Get us some new recruits. Uh, like we said at the start of the show, we wanted to do something a little bit different for our, our first episode of 2021 to, to kind of put 2020 to bed. Yes, the ball has dropped. The Death Star has been blown up. We are in 2021, but we, we want to look back and uh, enjoy, hopefully, some great moments. In fact, 15 Star Wars moments from 2020 that, that we found to be conversation worthy. Yeah. Uh, or at least I did, and, and Nick signed off on them, so I'm assuming he agrees with most of these. I added a couple in there, but yeah, Matt did a pretty good job picking uh, them up. <laughs> and there is, I, I, at first, I was like, I don't think this, there's going to be a, an, an actual weighted order here, but there is now. The, the, the order you're going to see is, is the way I kind of rank these 15 moments. And by C, I'm t- obviously, if you're watching the live stream, if you're just listening, tough shit. You're just going to have to listen. Um, but... There was 15 of them. I had 16. I deleted the one just to get to 15 because it sounds better. And really, the one I deleted was a personal deal. I I finally got out to Galaxy's Edge in March right before the world (laughs) ended. So that that was neat. But all right. So without further ado, Nick, here we go. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and kick off with 15 since this was one of your picks. Uh, We already Mm kind of talked about today. But at 15, Nick had the High Republic reveals in 2020 as one of uh, our top moments. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the things that we never really expected to come out of 2020, basically a brand new era of Star Wars being announced, and then tons of content to come with it, whether it be books, whether it be comic books, and now we know a TV show. So um, I'm really excited about it. Obviously, I showed you guys the book sitting right here. Um, it's it's something that we haven't had in Star Wars in a very long time. Uh, new canon that is unrelated completely to what we know in in the universe. And I think that this is a huge step for Disney to get to basically establish their own storylines that don't rely on the characters that were previously done by George to, to establish completely new characters that people can fall in love with. And that could become the next Darth Revan that could become the next Satil Shan or Bastilla Sean or any of those characters that were set up by George Lucas in the Lucas, you know, I mean, it could be the next Jar Jar Binks could be the next Jar Jar Binks as well. You have to take your failures and you have to take your successes. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, what are you saying? Failures. Jar Jar's fucking man. Jar Jar is the man now. Jar Jar is the man. Now people have come around to Jar Jar, but let's be real. When Jar Jar first released in 1999, people were not very, and, and look, you you just have to take the highs and the lows. And even if Jar Jar is good now, he's still a relative low for the franchise as a whole. Oh, Hoosa or Yusa. This is a very poorly thought out character. I'll say that at the very least. And there's, the there's nothing undertone. like having a character like Jar Jar literally be the reason the Republic fell. <laughs> yeah, it's literally George gave fish man. George gave that job to Jar Jar Binks. It's fantastic. Yeah, he 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 literally built a fall guy into yeah. his movies and they made him he made, made him, him Jar Jar as as almost as unlikable as a adult human can yeah, he, enjoy. He's the one that gave those emergency powers. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm I'm super excited about what the the High Republic can bring and what can spring out of yeah, it. So I, I'm with you too, just like I said earlier. I mean, I I've been on on the fence, off the fence, now I'm back on it. I, I do think I will 
get to my first book in at least 15 years, I'd say. Uh, obviously book on tape book on tape right L- listening <laughs> only please if you're a, if you're an amazon prime uh member you get two books free so if you haven't already or two uh which which audi- audible books for like free. brand so new you shit already, like this you know you can get it for free right now if you if you are an amazon wow. prime subscriber Fuck. go to <laughs> nick just sold yeah. it's a done deal at this point i mean if i don't even have to pay for it i mean i'm a primer <laughs> yeah. It's free. At this point, it, what human is not a primer and a Netflix subscriber, right? It's just That's like part of life. <laughs> it's yeah, part it's, of life. It comes along, you come out the womb and they're like, here's your prime sub. <laughs> yeah. Here's your Netflix subscription right. as well. Right. Uh, once you're old enough to read, you'll be able to sign in. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So High Republic, all the reveals coming at 15 and it just so happens it actually launched today. Yep. Uh, so good timing by us because we're awesome. All right. This, this one... I had to put it in there, even though I've openly talked shit about Bill Burr in Star Wars, and I did not like Mayfeld in season one, and I was not excited of the idea of him coming back in season two, but lo and behold, the, the motherfucker dropped one of the best acting performances I've ever seen in Star Wars in S2E7, uh, in particular, that scene talking about Operation Cinder and blown away uh, the, uh, whatever the hell that I forget his name, Hess or something, I think it, yeah, it just, Valen Hess. it, it not only made me respect Bill as an actor, but it also made me appreciate the character of Mayfeld and really Mayfeld is probably more responsible for Din's growth in season two than anything else. Yeah. Uh, so I had I to mean, put in Bill freaking Burr as our number 14 moment. For him to come in and, and literally go through one of the hardest moments in Din's life, probably having to sit there with his helmet removed in front of multiple people. And, you know, Bill's not, I mean, Mayfeld's not making fun of him. Mayfeld understands. And then that just th- that conversation, that table scene with those three is probably one of the best scenes. And look, there's a lot of best scenes in The Mandalorian. But that's probably up there in top yeah as, 10, as pure maybe dialogue top five. yeah as pure dialogue it's one of the best pure dialogue Star Wars scenes let alone Mando because I mean let, let's yeah. be real Star Wars isn't a at least the movies aren't dialogue heavy affairs right you don't, yeah they're they're really not dialogue friendly either especially if you go yeah, back to the prequels. I mean the ones that did use a lot of dialogue like Attack of the Clones I mean that's where you got I wish I could wish my feelings away and shit like that so <laughs> <laughs> things get dicey that was the as last, fuck. That was the only other sitting at a table fucking conversation that we had before oh, we get Obi to Mayfeld. would be mad at me. <laughs> and went very differently in, in Mando with that. I'll tell you what, scene, man, so. that the, the fucking scene in Lars's garage, though, still, still Hayden's best scene in the films and, and Anakin's best moment in the trilogy. Hey, man, Hayden's coming back. I hate though, them. So. Oh, to that that's that's the fucking Anakin and, and the little hints of Vader I always wanted. But hey, at least we got the Clone Wars to kind of put some band-aids on Revenge of the Sith. So, yeah, yeah. Bill Burr and uh, Nico. Uh, Nico, if you're listening, I know you are. Uh, and maybe you can share it in the live stream here. But he, someone did a someone dubbed Bill Burr's Star Wars comedy routine <laughs> over the scene of them setting up the plan on the overlook on that planet. 
It's it's fucking hilarious. So, so Nico, if you heard that, I know you sent it to us. I believe I shared it in our story, but if you could drop the if if you're allowed to drop links in the live stream, I'm not even sure, but do it. Uh, otherwise, post it up. But it, it's absolutely hilarious because I mean, he's basically he is Bill Burr, but it's Mayfeld, and he's like, listen, I fucking hate Star Wars. It's like, <laughs> Chewbacca, what the fuck is that thing? And, and then you got like reactions from Manda and Boba. They're like, whoa, like what's wrong with this guy? It's just. It, it's great internet nonsense <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. There we go. Yeah. Nico heard the call. So uh, if you're following Nico Tronos on IG, I, I'm, I'm sure he will not let us down and he'll put it out there. Uh, but it, it's a good one. It is a good one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Bill Burr, I, I'm still not a fan of his take on Star Wars and Star Wars fans. Uh, hopefully he learns that talking that way now probably will not do him any justice. Uh, even <laughs> Bill if, doesn't fucking care. I know he doesn't <laughs> like, care. He's a comedian. He's yeah. a, he's a blue comedian, so he, he could give a rat's fuck. Uh, and I don't think people would, would treat him like a Pablo if he came after mm-hmm. them and told them how stupid they were. So, nah. uh, but really for what he did with Mayfeld, he, he had to make the list. Yeah. Da, 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 up to 13 and uh, it's available now but this is disney gallery the mandalorian season two i uh, have not watched oh nick yet, you but, got to yeah. bro it yeah. it has just some great little moments in it and it is it's just a special it's not like last year where they did eight episodes it's just i think it's an hour and a half hour 15 uh mm, but okay. and, and throughout the hour they cover all eight episodes uh, but the one, there's just like little visual nuggets in there that as a Star Wars fan will just make you smile. And, and a lot of them pop up in the Ahsoka episode. Uh, you get to see the maker was there on set. Him and Rosario were like sharing jokes and laughing. So it's always fun to see George kind of playing in his sandbox, even though it's no longer his sandbox. Uh, the ones... The episodes with Tamara Morrison, in particular, six, are just fucking great. I mean, the guy's out there doing the haka in, in like, his Boba Fett garb. He's wearing a cowboy hat and his Boba Fett armor and, like, singing and dancing. <laughs> it, it was kind of like if, if you watch the behind-the-scenes on Attack of the Clones, uh, when they're doing the rain fight on Kamino, him and Obi-Wan, uh, you may remember a shot of Tamara in the Django armor with an umbrella dancing to uh, Dancing in the Rain. So like, he just seems to be quite the character on on set while they're filming. Obviously, we know he gets serious when they when they call action. Uh, but I just I, I love seeing all the the little nuances. Obviously, listening to Filoni, listening to John. Um, they 100% did reshoots during COVID. Now we know that was legit because you see them in mass, uh, yeah. in particular, the Ahsoka stuff. So they did bring a Rosario back in for reshoots during COVID. So all that turned out to be true. But it, anytime you get to see how something is magical, like the Mandalorian is crafted, it, it's a good time to me. I mean, it just, it, it bums me out because it makes me realize that I, I missed out on this type of shit. In life, I would love to be a part of making anything like The Mandalorian, even even if I was a fucking custodian. Yeah. Uh, but getting all that B-roll stuff and just seeing what they're doing now with the volume and what sets were practical and not, it, it's great. It's great, great kind of behind-the-scenes look at, at Dave and John's creation. 100%. So, Nick, make sure to put it on your to-do list this week. It, it's definitely... I'm going to have to put this on my to-do list, too, number 12. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. I still haven't watched oh, the, Nick. Uh, yes, the Lego I, Holiday Special. I'm throwing it up there. Special. Coming in at number 12 is the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. 
I will say that the reason that I haven't watched this is because I, you know, my, I, I didn't have Disney plus at home when I was at home with my parents For Thanksgiving. Yeah. They don't have, I don't think that their TV can get it. Like they have a really old TV that doesn't have like the apps and stuff. And they're, they get Netflix to like their cable box. <laughs> um, and it doesn't have, yeah, they have Disney old plus people Netflix there. then. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's all done through their cable box. I mean, so I, I couldn't sign into Disney Plus there and, and watch it, but uh, I will say I'm just a bad fan because even since I've been home, I haven't booted it up. Right. Uh, but this is something that I but, do. Have I mean, to here's get on. the deal. I know some of you people, you, you, you Tommy Tough guys, are probably rolling your eyes like, oh, Lego Star Wars. Oh, and they have sequel characters. Like, get over yourself. Like, if you've watched anything Lego Star Wars, if you've played anything Lego Star Wars, this honors what they have put before it. I mean, it's got just crazy humor, crazy situations. It's fun as hell. Kids will love it. Adults will love it. I mean, my, my little girl, this was her holiday movie over any other Christmas movie. It was a Lego Star Wars holiday special watching Poe trying to cook his tippy and seeing Ray skip through time and finding blue milk drinking farm boy Luke. Uh, there's just hilarious moments in it. And if you're into that type of humor where Star Wars kind of makes fun of itself, it doesn't get any better than a Lego Star Wars project. And the holiday special is no different. Uh, really, I mean, she's, she's gotten into watching the, the All-Stars again on Disney Plus and some of the droids tales. To me, they're some of the funniest Star Wars content out there. Uh, and I know it's not for everyone. Like, I, I believe it was Tones when I was like, oh, shit. A Detours episode leaked. I wish we could have got these. I like kind of the lampoons of Star Wars. Like, I'm okay with Star Wars being silly. Because we yeah. get the serious side of Star Wars in, in the in the movies and shows. So, I, I, I don't know. I'm one that, that kind of likes the silliness of this type of stuff. I agree. And, I mean, Detours was one of the things that I was most excited about when it was first announced. Because yeah. it was... Like the team behind it was gonna be killer. It wasn't it the, the robot Seth chicken Green, people. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the robot chicken guys, and and they already lampooned Star Wars oh, yeah. enough on robot and chicken. I, I, I love that they shit. Do a good job. Like I, I don't know people that don't like it. Like if they just don't like animation, they don't like claymation, or if they take it personally that it's making fun of Star Wars. But I. I, I love it. I mean, I actually love it, and I wish Detours would have made it because it, it would have been more of an an adult Lego Star Wars. Uh, yeah. in terms of the humor and, and some of the, the the hijinks they get into but if, yeah. you, if you haven't checked out the lego star wars holiday special yet and you do have disney plus it, it's a it's a fun 40 minutes yes uh, or even if you have to babysit a, a little star wars fan at least throw that on if you're too grown up and important to watch it yourself i will do it i promise okay sticking <laughs> with the animated verse at number 11 on our list of the top 15 Star Wars moments of 2020 is getting to meet the Bad Batch. Uh, I know some fans weren't thrilled that th that's how the Clone Wars final season kicked off with their kind of their introduction. Uh, but I think after their four episode arc and then obviously uh, realizing that they're going to have their own series, at least to me, I I've become a fan of the Bad Batch. I mean, I, I, I love Wrecker and his meatheadedness. I love Hunter <laughs> looking like Rambo. You know, you got Crosshairs, who's kind of the ornery one, but highly skilled. And then you got Tech. And now obviously Echo has joined their ranks. I, I just I liked how different they were. Right. I mean, we, we've had named clones, Rex, K 
Cody, Wolf, Gregor, but they're still clones. They're still doing their duty. Yeah. The Bad Batch, I mean, just their name. They, they're, they were genetically defective clones that the Republic decided that they could potentially use for their various skill sets thanks to their defects uh, to kind of become this uh, infiltration group. Uh, and I just liked how different they were from their other clone brothers. And, and I am excited that we are getting their own series because I think it's going to uh, kind of paint in some holes in terms of what went down with some of our main characters during the immediate rise of the Empire. Yeah. I mean, this was the next logical progression for that style of character. Because if you remember, you know, the the Clone Wars... TV series was heavily based around the clones and their interactions with Anakin and Obi-Wan, but you had to, you, you either had two choices with what to do with that character archetype. It was either completely kill it after Clone Wars or find a way to iterate on it and let it live on. And they found the perfect way to do that with Bad Batch. Cause now you have essentially, like you said, still clones, still the same character archetype as they were in the Clone Wars show. But now you are allowed to do a lot more with their personalities because you have given them this defect kind of right. moniker, this tag. And I think that it's going to be really fun to see how they continue to tie threads between the end of Rots and the beginnings of Rebels, even. I mean, like yeah. we're still far enough out from Rebels TV show that we can we can tie threads there. You can bring in characters from Rebels. You may even be able to bring in Harrison Dula at some point, you may be able to bring in Mom Mothma and all these other characters that we know from the rebellion that the Bad Batch could help out. So I mean, how Bale, Bale uh, Organa is a big one. I mean, yeah. he he shows up in, I believe, the pilot episode of Star Wars Rebels because they, they literally have to return R2 and 3PO to yeah. the Tanty 4. So... Uh, and and I'll talk more about Bad Batch and some of the predictions because I, I think they're like I said they're gonna they're gonna be a bridge uh, over some of these gaps. Like, uh, hey, how did Gregor and Wolf make it to Rebels? That I, I think that's what the Bad Batch is going to serve. All right, number ten in our countdown of the best moments of Star Wars in 2020 is Baby Yoda becomes Grogu. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, this was something that it was kind of a. I don't want to say it was like a big leap for them because he was never baby Yoda to start with. Right. We, we child, always, we knew he had a name, right? I mean, they, yeah. they came out and they're like, listen, yeah, everyone's calling it baby Yoda. That's so cute, but he has a name, right? So they, yeah. they've always had the name. I mean, Dave told us that John told him the name going into planning, like, Hey, this is the show I want to do. There's this idea I have and he's going to be Grogu. Yeah. And to, to put that name on there officially, and to to it makes him a different character yes. now. Yeah, he, he like, officially becomes his own Star Wars legend now. He's no longer tied to an iconic character. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was I was actually kind of shocked that they dropped it the way that right. they did. And like they did it with Ahsoka and everything. But like I, that. I think that's what made as Dave said, that's why they decided to do it that way. That they felt like Ahsoka being another force user and being able to kind of communicate through the force would have been the best way to make this happen. And, and you are right. Like I mean, that whole episode was kind of like, ah, oh. you know, they're they're hitting you left and right with with fan service. 
And you're not even thinking about fucking Baby Yoda's real name all season. You, you could care less because you're just laughing at him, eating and throwing up in ships and having a good time. And then it just, it, it, like Nick said, just kind of comes out of the blue and you're like, well, fuck yeah. That was yeah. cool. <laughs> I like how they did that. She's just like, yo, Gro- Grogu. And Din's like, huh? And then obviously you got Dummy Din in the next episode going, Grogu. <laughs> 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 Uh, but yes, number 10, Baby Yoda becomes a real boy, just like Pinocchio. Yes. Uh, number nine in our countdown. If you'll notice, a lot of the top 10 is going to be Mando heavy, but live action Bo-Katan. Uh, it was, it was, we, we, we knew the rumors of Katie's inclusion in the series months before. Didn't know if it was going to happen. Didn't really know it was even going to happen going into S2E3. And then lo and behold... Din again gets duped with a really stupid trick, <laughs> needs saving, and out of the blue comes a lady in blue to save the day. And and boy, it just got even better from there. I mean, she starts talking shit on his his creed. We learned that he was a, a, in a cult through her in the in the <laughs> night owls, and really just kind of how things have ended up between the two. I mean, you would have to think at this point that Bo Katan almost has to become a series lead in season three, considering we've left her character in a huge conundrum or left her with a huge conundrum. And the fact that she did not earn the dark saber Din did. Yeah. Uh, she has become basically, you know, like a, an integral part of season three at the very least, maybe even continuing on to season four. I know that there's a lot of questions about whether she'll be included in other series that have been announced through the investors call, but she can't not be in Mandalorian season right. three. She is necessary to it. And rightfully so, given how the events played out and the importance of her character to not only just, you know, the Darksaber, but to Mandalorian way as a whole, like the fact that they're now basically going in, the, you know, like the Mandalorian's plot line could potentially be you know what happens if there's another mandalorian schism yeah, what happens I if do. there's I, another mandalorian war that comes out of this i mean season two it, was very purposeful in what it did it yeah it discarded the big main even though grogu was never meant to be the main he just became it because of how fucking cute and awesome popular. he was mm-hmm. that that's gone and as nick said we should be transitioning back into the Mandalorian. All right. The show's not called the Mandalorian uh, for fun. It's about them, about their cultures, about this one guy in particular, who we may learn is way more special and important to Mandalore than we ever could have imagined when we saw his busted brown armor ass walking into that bar in S1E1. I mean, it's almost like it, it, it could be a farm boy Luke type of journey here where this guy is a major player in the galaxy when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, he could potentially go from child of the watch foundling cult boy to rightful leader of Mandalore. So <laughs> yeah, with with with, with a hot redhead sitting right next to him. So yeah, but I loved. I mean, I thought Katie was great. Obviously, she is the character, and the fact that they were able to transition that with no issue at all into live action, except for people like, oh, she should look older. Blah blah blah. It's everyone. I think I think the intern said it best in our discord when, you know, people were getting into studies on Luke and how it could have looked better. He's like, you know what? 
I'm just glad I can watch stuff now and not instantly look for things to hate. Yeah. And I said, you're, you're right. I mean, I, I, I look for things to hate in a lot of aspects of my life. I mean, I, I live in the, in the dark, but when it comes to star Wars, I do not fire up or go into a star Wars, anything with a chip on my shoulder to find something to bitch about. I don't No, I immediately just enjoy the content that's in front of me. Yeah. Like even after, even if after a few viewings, I'm like, this could have been better. I, my first thought is not like, how can I make this bad for myself? <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's kind of the programming on some fans is like they, they, they get through that amazing Luke episode and really all they can think about is like, hey, he could have looked better. Yeah. It's he, just, people on YouTube do better jobs. Like, oh, Christ. But anyways. I don't understand that level of cognitive dissonance that you, that you like put yourself through. Yeah. It's, like just enjoy content because look. If if Disney really would have bowed down to the fandom reaction to the movies, uh, specifically Solo, TLJ, Tross, they could have just said like, hey, we made our money back. We opened a park. We'll make money off of that. Oh, yeah. And then and we'll just shelve, we're done it. Now. We'll shelve it like George did. Yeah. Just put it to bed and maybe years down the road, someone else forks out billions or they do something with it. Yeah, uh, but it, they doubled down like Disney in the face of everybody saying Disney Star Wars sucks says, all right, well, if you don't like it, somebody will. So we're going to put out more content and, it, and we don't really care. Right. What and you yeah, we, we understand John and Dave had a huge hand in that. But guess who allows them to do all this? Kathleen in Disney. And, so in Disney, get, get, Bob Chapman people <laughs> who, who knows whether Bob Iger has says, well, I think a, a lot of people that. think that John and Dave essentially run Disney and Lucasfilm. Now it's like, no, they're, they're still employees. They still have to report yeah. to people, get sign off and get it's paid. It's like, you do realize that, that Bob Iger literally bragged in his book yeah. that he would watch episodes of the Mandalorian give his notes and then rewatch it to see all yeah. the stuff that he said to put a, into a guy it. that is not a writer. I mean, he's a fucking executive. So yeah. Like, so, real. so if you guys think that, that Dave Filoni and John Favreau are just free of Disney influence altogether, <laughs> it has literally been published in, in a book by the former Disney right. CEO that they are not, or you've, or you've never worked in a corporate structure and, yeah, and like, understood that there's power at the top and shit rolls downhill. So yeah, just, like you, you need to realize. Yeah. That. Uh, um, but Hey, number amen eight, men to Dave and John, that's all I can say. Indeed. Uh, number eight, siege of Mandalore arc from the clone Wars season seven. Yes. And I mean, really just the clone Wars season seven as a whole was incredible, but this Siege of Mandalore arc. Oh, how we didn't know at the time how much this would tie oh, into it is amazing. the Mandalorian. I mean, it, not yeah. only the Mandalorian, but what it did for Revenge of the Sith and the prequels in general. I, I just had a buddy. He showed up here before EKU Rory. I've had him on Star Wars history lessons. Uh, yeah. and to start, he had to go through all the Clone Wars, which he has finished. And he just recently, I think as of this weekend, got through the Siege of Mandalore. And he told me when he was getting into it, I was like, dude, you're about to watch the four best episodes of the series, if not some of the best Star Wars narrative content ever delivered. Yep. And after he got through it, he's like, holy shit, that was fantastic. But it is. If you think about what those last four episodes do, it reunites Ahsoka with Anakin and Obi-Wan for a brief bit. It shows us another side of the galaxy and what was going on as we were watching events in Revenge of the Sith. 
it brought Maul back and showed why he is such an iconic Star Wars villain. It set up the bond between Ahsoka and Bo that paid off in this season of The Mandalorian. Yep. It set up just Ahsoka and her character, someone that is, is going to survive perilous situations. Uh, you know, someone that is not going to take the easy way out. Remember, she did not kill a single clone. She wouldn't let Rex kill a single clone. Uh, and then just would it, it kind of, you know, it, it, it jumped her into her live action debut. And I just, I really think the four, the final four episodes of the Clone Wars season seven, it's a masterpiece in Star Wars storytelling for what it did for the series itself, extending the characters into future series and other aspects of Star Wars um but also revenge of the sith in particular anakin's fall yeah Uh, because you you kind of get to see how you know they ahsoka had a chance to talk to him but didn't and this and that and then she feels his turn and and what it does it's just beautiful star wars in in animated format so number eight Mm -hmm. the siege of mandalore arc in the clone wars Fantastic. And while we're talking about the Clone Wars and our lovely Togruta, number seven is the year of Ahsoka Tano. So like we said, not only did we get Ahsoka starring in eight, she remember, she was in eight of those final Clone Wars episodes. Yep. And, and awesome in all of those, because, you know, the four that people bitched about, we needed those. You had to see how she was dealing with not being a Jedi, what she was going to do with that time and what type of person she was going to be. And she realized in the end, she still likes to do the right thing and help people out. Uh, plus, we also learned that's how Bo and the Night Owls first made inroads with Miss Tano, which obviously pays off in The Mandalorian. And I keep saying it, The Mandalorian. I mean, lo and behold, S2E5. In the dark, we get two white lightsabers flashing and we instantly know what it is. We knew it was coming. I mean, this was their worst kept secret worst hid secret yeah, I mean, yeah. it was awful it was all over the place but it's still the the, the impact of ahsoka tano hitting the screen as a flush in blood character uh was just something else e- easily a top 10 moment of the year for star wars fans yeah i mean it's the culmination of literally over a decade's worth of work i mean if you think back to the release of the first clone wars movie the actual animated movie that hit theaters where you got announced like you got introduced to ahsoka tano through that movie her becoming anakin's padawan and then 10 years of content 10 years plus of content um all leading up to the live action debut of her in the mandalorian and then her like literally uh rosario dawson playing that role as perfectly as a person could um i don't think that it could have been done any better by anybody else in in the industry but Nick, and, her her headtails weren't long <laughs> enough, man. Her headtails are not. Uh, that was that was the Ahsoka Tano that we I saw from a child. They didn't make them as long as they were in Rebels, dude. Hey, you know, nothing can be one hundred percent pitch perfect. <laughs> what, I mean, I don't know what people want, but I, I will say that the the person that she was portrayed as in the Mandalorian is the perfect logical say, progression it's, of her it's from pretty a perfect child for me pretty time. perfect for me and, yeah, and i can't I wait mean, to see where things go with her own series so yeah uh, and that's honestly my 
some of the excitement in rewatching Rebels is when she crosses back into the fray uh, as mm-hmm. as Fulcrum and all that stuff. So I, I I do love the character. I've always loved Ahsoka. I know some of you motherfuckers are out there like, oh, I love her now. But I guarantee when the Clone Wars came out in 08 and you heard her and she's a little whiny, you're like, blah, 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 girls, blah, blah, whiny, blah, blah, blah. Girls. Ridiculous. Also, just as as a heads up, the Ahsoka series is also big for another reason. It's not just Ahsoka Tano's getting her own series. This is the first time ever in any sort of Star Wars content period that your main character is an alien. It's not a human character. So Mm, look at that. Big big look at that that information Nick was deep diving for. Yeah. I was going to say, it's the first girl, but no, because Jyn Erso, right? Jyn Erso, yeah. and there's a lot of other kind of like female leads that are spread yeah, throughout. I mean, Ray, you know, you all that. Like, Ray. But first time a non-human character is the lead of anything, there, period. There we so. go. There we go. Okay, number six. Number six. All right, so number six, the Book of Boba. All right? So like I said, Mando kind of dominated the top 10 as it should but and this i mean coming from someone like me especially those of you that are longtime fans of the swts you may be like huh matt likes boba fett yeah i I, (laughs) i've always appreciated the character but i'm never gonna let anyone tell me that he was some badass based on what he did in empire strikes back and return of the jedi matt likes neo boba fett i love neo boba fett yeah neo boba fett is uh, the man the the bozo will always be the bozo and and (laughs) Try to convince me otherwise. And we're not talking EU. We're not talking comics. I'm talking what is on screen in Empire and Return of the Jedi. But anyways, we get the Book of Boba reveal at number six. It's huge. I mean, obviously, outside of myself, Boba Fett to most fans is the dude, right? I mean, there's a huge Boba Fett fandom out there, fan base out there. Uh, Because like Darth Vader, he just looked like a fucking pimp. Uh, when you have armor, you tend to look cooler than those who do not have armor. Yes. Uh, so I understand why people love Boba. Uh, but now yes, that we... It's always been the aesthetic of it. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's he, always been... There is an allure to him. It's that. just like, he looks like a badass, but there's mystery. And now, thanks to the Mandalorian, we, 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 we're starting to learn a bit of the mystery. And we're going to get, hopefully, a lot more of the mystery of Mr. Fett in Book of Boba. Uh, so I, I, I do like that we are kind of switching things up with the Mandalorian and it is going to transition to the book of Boba in 2021 versus Din story. Uh, in my predictions, I'll address Din in this series. Cause I do think that's going to go down, but I, I am very interested now to see a, you got to show me how he got out, but B I want to see what type of man Boba is at this point in time after his journey with Din. Um, has he, fully turned over that leaf nick or is he going to try to start some sort of criminal syndicate another bounty hunter hive uh, who knows what, what, what is he going to do it's, at the seat of the of jabba's palace so I, i'm excited for that type of stuff and yeah. the the fact that just the way tamara morrison has brought this character back to life and his partner in ming na wen with fennec shand i'm excited to see those two keep bringing these characters to life on the small screen it is it's the most unexpected given the events that played out given the way that 
we were essentially presented you know this this new era of star wars it's like we get a we get a show about a mandalorian why do you need a show about boba fett like we already have a guy who's essentially taken that place who's functioning in the same area as boba fett but then not only do you work boba fett into the mandalorian in a near perfect manner you also set him up to to have his own show and it make complete sense he's not functioning in the same place as 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 din is he's not going to be this this mandalorian you know progenitor that goes out and tries to 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 write himself in the mandalorian way like he is now his own separated character and while he does wear mandalorian armor it is now completely clear, like you've said multiple times over, that he is not a Mandalorian. Well, well that shit. He is I mean, Tamara Morrison himself said it in episode eight. He's like, I'm not a Mandalorian. So, yeah. You, you uh, know what else I'm excited about this, Nick? And it, it, this is the big difference between Din. Boba Fett is a Star Wars legend for 40 years. Yeah. So, with his series, they could fold even more in of the past, you, you know, like even more. Uh, touches on what Fett may have been up to during the original trilogy, during the prequels. And that is exactly what I'm excited for, is the the idea that this book of Boba Fett, the way that it's, it's not even being marketed yet, but the name itself suggests that you are going to get that background. You're going to get the history. You're going to get all of the things that fans of Boba Fett have wanted forever, and you got a little taste of it in the old EU, but now you're going to get it in an entire series. You're going to get it to where you have Neo Boba Fett. You have old Boba Fett looking back on his time period, looking back on his younger life and, and telling you, you know, this is what made me the, the person that I am today. And, you know, right. Uh, it's super exciting to see that. I just one Tamir Morrison's in it. Right. Because he, the the journey that he's been through in Star Wars, basically going from Jango Fett to Clone Voices and in the in the TV shows, and now really taking up the mantle of Boba Fett. Yes, we know they went in and dubbed his voiceover in the movies, but really becoming Boba right. Fett is amazing. Yeah, I think that there's some great stuff here. I mean, I I think we're gonna get expansions into the Mando timeline, but I think we're gonna get a lot of Boba's past fleshed out too. Yeah, uh, and any time we can kind of dabble back in in my favorite era of Star Wars, I'm all for it. And plus, like I said, I really I want to see what this Boba does uh, because, like you said, it, it, and really through his actions, it seems like he has turned the leaf a bit to where he is not just going to operate on the side of uh, the nefarious. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be. It could be that that. I, I really do think that he's a man out for himself at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he was, he did the thing where he's like, okay, I'll work for Jabba. Now I'll work for the empire. Right. And now he's like, you know what? Fuck all that. I'm going to work for myself. And as somebody who works for themselves, I will say it's very fulfilling. <laughs> yeah. So no, uh, you're right. I, I do think he'll take on some odd jobs. Some of them may be seedy, but I think it's more just, uh, kind of reclaiming his legend mm -hmm. and uh i don't know I, I guess what does a bounty hunter want cash dude can you imagine i mean like we haven't heard any any chatter about boba fett from anybody in the mandalorian but can you imagine there are people who survived the the encounter at at 
the sail barge and they're like, yeah, did you see how fucking Boba Fett died? Right. He got fucking knocked into a Sarlacc pit by a blind guy. Yeah, then he- Can you imagine the shit that's out there now in the bounty hunter community that, That's about what him? I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> like they, it's, do they have a bunch of mats in the bounty hunters? Like, oh, that dude, Boba, he's a bozo loser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be fun dude I, I i love that they made this series happen and this is purely john and dave saying like hey look we want to do this and we want to do this the right way so so give it to us and let it yeah happen. it's nice I, I know a lot of people are tr- like oh the reason the mandalorian is is not coming out till 2022 is because of the set drama and, and pedro and his face it's like bullshit fuck off. <laughs> like you, can y'all you drop fucking that idiot clickbait motherfuckers like i do you realize how many times that uh what you call it that pedro pascal has come out and said like dude i don't care about wearing the helmet right and like people <laughs> people just like drama if you think about real life they you can't just shit these things out even like a cartoon i mean john explained it boba got the green light it is it is shooting right fucking now so they've been planning this for probably eight months to a year yeah. Right. Like pre-production happens first. Uh, Dude, then they, they get into they production. Probably, they were probably planning this from the moment that fucking Stinger happened in season. Yes. One. Well, that's why you need to, Nick. You got to go watch <laughs> the gallery because they go back to that. And um, Dave's like, yeah, some people will think it's him, but they'll go, oh, there's no way they're doing it. And that's what it will be. So he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. So uh, the reason Mando uh, season three isn't coming out till 2022 is because the Boba show got the nod. They got the money. They got the talent. They got the sets. John said it in his interview on GMA, which was horrible, by the way. Like people like John need to come to us to talk (laughs) Star Wars, not those painted up idiots on morning talk. I mean, Nick, they gave him five minutes and then cut him off right when he was talking about Luke Skywalker's return. It was awful. Wow. But he he That's, said, I mean, he put it out there right now. He's like, listen, Boba is in production. It's going to be ready for December. Mandalorian season three is just now entering pre-production, yeah. which means they're doing the planning, the concept art, finalizing scripts, maybe, you know, getting out and, and casting new characters if needed. So mm-hmm. they're not even going to start shooting Mando they season three. They probably won't be shooting Mando season three until... Until filming is finished on Boba. Yeah, I'd say and then Boba goes into post. Yeah, like late late twenty one, they may get to shooting some Mando with the hopes of having it go live. You know, the the, the fall of twenty twenty two. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to clear that up for the more dense people out there. there there's no <laughs> like everyone's got to like add infuse drama to Star Wars. It's like no, it's just real life. It, it's called schedules, money, and people's time. We don't have eighteen Dave and Johns. And that's the other thing John gave us. John's also going to be running Rangers. Dave is also going to be running Ahsoka. And they're both going to be running Mando. And they're both going to be helping uh, Rodriguez run Book of Boba. Yeah. We, we don't want shit to get to too imagine. diluted with the Masters, right? So yeah. let's just calm down. And I mean, that's in addition to everything else that's happening around them as well. I'm sure that they're going to be consulting at the very least on Kenobi <laughs> or Filoni will. Like... You you have to realize that they have turned the Mandalorian into an entire MCU style universe now. Yes. And it's even bigger than the MCU style universe because you're not talking one off movies that come out every you're talking multiple TV series like like Kathy put it in the 
in the investors call 10 plus tv series like the shit is is beyond huge so it's very impressive what what they've built in this time in, the, in a relatively short time period yeah we got before we move on to the next one we, we're getting some chatter in the stream here that i want to address because we do like to include our live streamers but it looks like it's a kingdom of weirds in it bats in here don ferguson but they're asking about clones and how they age and from what i know uh, they all got accelerated aging, at least in yeah. the early part of their lives, to get them to Tamara Morrison. <laughs> and then, yes, they they all received accelerated aging, and the aging didn't stop. Right when they reached that, it wasn't like okay, we're gonna get them to whatever. Right, so they they just fast. they they have been aging at an accelerated rate an accelerated since rate. they hatched. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, yes. but Boba so again is an unaltered clone. He's aging as a normal human being don't donated piece of dna i guess as yeah, what, like, what did uh bo calm his dad your uh, donor yeah your donor <laughs> your donor uh, um yeah. so yeah so it's it's questionable like there were old stories in in the old eu that basically set out that some clones had found a way to stop the effect of the aging. Like they found yeah, clone doctors from Camino. I think and they, they were aborted able to that just based engineer. on rebels and the three boys we run into. And, and you, you have to argue that, that Rex, Gregor and Wolf look old as fuck. They do. Like they mean, they for, definitely look way older than, than what they should have been only what, 30 years or so. Not even that hell. 20, not even. Yeah. eighteen twenty something like that. Eight, yeah, like 18 years. Not after. even 18, like 15. Because I think Rebels is set a couple years before the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I need to look all that Rebels, shit up. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, uh, he definitely looked very fucking old <laughs> by, by yeah. the time Rebels <laughs> popped around. And, and like we said, only, uh, I'm going to ballpark at 10 to, you know, maybe 15, 16 years had passed from the Clone Wars. Yeah. All right. Getting into the top five, and, and we were just kind of talking about these two superstars, the, the new Jesuses of Star Wars, but John and Dave's continued excellence comes in at our number five. And I, I don't know if there's really much to say on it. I've got a picture here. It's it's John, Dave, and George. It's, it's fucking fantastic. You see Kathy in the back, too. Oh, my God! She's going to ruin it! Ah, <laughs> this must have been S2E2, the filler episode. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, let, let's be real. As as we said, these guys aren't running Disney, but they sure as hell know how to tell some great Star Wars stories, and that's really all we can ask for. And, and let's all be real: the brass, uh, the people that control the purse strings at Disney, they they know what's going on. They know what these two have hit on. Why do you think they're they've now been greenlit to take on just themselves, like three, four other projects? So. Uh, you know, just amen to John and Dave and let's hope neither one of them gets fucking COVID. Uh, let's hope that they've uh, locked up their future plans somewhere for posterity in case one of them does die. Uh, cause this is getting into territory where I used to have fears. I don't know if some of you did, but when the prequels were announced, I was always worried that I was going to die or George was going to die before <laughs> I got to see the conclusion of the prequels. That's how people used to feel about George R. R. Martin around right. Game of yeah. Thrones. But I feel like post the finish of the, the TV series, everybody stopped caring. Yeah, about no Game one cares because <laughs> he let someone else finish his story for him in a way he didn't want it to happen. But that's what you get when you're a lazy asshole. 
Yeah, when you have fucking 10 years Ted, to write bro, a book I mean, you never do We're it. talking book six at this point, I believe, is 15 years late. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... But yeah, but you know what I, I mean. Like, that, like there, there's, I, I love Star Wars so much. And back at that time, when I, I thought the prequels were going to be life, just like a lot of people thought the sequels were going to be life. So I do understand the disappointment in that. But at that time, I was like, man, if I die before seeing Anakin's fall, my life will not be complete. And it's starting to get that way with John and Dave's Mandalorian franchise, where. If I die or one of them or both of them goes out before we get to see the vision play out, that's like a, an apocalypse for me. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, hopefully nothing, you know, hopefully they're they're literally kept within a uh, Star Wars bunker underground under right. Skywalker uh, Ranch yeah. and they never leave until the, the COVID is gone. And also, I, I hope that I mean, like Dave will never, you know, D- Dave's like George. He, he's never going to get tired of no, working on star wars no. but john i mean john's done so many different things i mean i mean he's essentially like disney's go-to man but you know john has worked on marvel he's worked on lion king worked on jungle book a lot of different properties i get you i don't know did you feel like he may have just kind of found his his niche here in his later years and it might just run with this now or i hope so i hope so because he john has always been a fantastic storyteller regardless you know even when he was just an actor, like the characters that he would would bring to life were fantastic. Um, but he found his calling in storytelling and in writing and directing. And I think now he's really found his niche. Like he, and I hope he sticks with it for fucking ever. And, like and I, 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 I do hope think John Favreau never stops making Star Wars content. I, I think on his own, John, yeah, is a, is a mega talent. But I think what has made him a Star Wars god is Dave's help. Yeah, uh, and, I, and Dave's I really the one that do. brought John into the Star Wars universe. Let's remember mm-hmm. that. I mean, he he hired John to. He probably it's probably like John was probably hanging out Lucas films, and this is what happens when you're famous. A lot of cool shit kind of <laughs> pops up in your life. This kind of, kind of falls. He's into probably your like, hey, uh, I, I would I would like to do a voice, and they're like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll throw up Favreau on a on a cameo. We'll we'll make him pre Vizsla, and here we go. So. Uh, I, I we know Dave can kind of do this on his own. Uh, Rebels was kind of his proving ground because Clone Wars yeah, it was, was like still him and Kinberg. Simon, yeah, Kinberg. Simon Kinberg gets most of the writing credits on Rebels, but it, it was Sans George. I mean, George was kind of yeah. his sounding board for Clone Wars. So I'm not going to say Filoni was fully responsible for all that, but Rebels is where he kind of became his own Star Wars storyteller. And obviously those, you know, some people didn't like Resistance, but we've seen what he's done in Mando. So we know Dave can do the Star Wars on his own. Uh, but I do think these two together create some sort of, they're almost like a Voltron. When, yeah. when they combine, they become a, a Star Wars super storyteller bot. Yeah, they just they just combine into a giant George Lucas robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, the maker, unite! Yeah. And they like, they go, key, 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 key. They get all disformed and they like, you know, Dave's arm goes up John's ass and that makes George's, <laughs> you know, beard and stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, now we're getting off the rails. <laughs> so do you think, I have a question for you, do you think that this ultimate culmination of events is going to be a silver screen theatrical release for John and Dave? Cause I think that Kathy has probably already told him like, if you guys want a movie, 
It's your yeah, I, I do. I do think they're they've left. I'm I'm with you. I agree. I, I think that door is open. I don't know if it's a done deal, uh, but I, I think there there's probably been talk like, hey, guys, if you have a an ultimate plan for all these shows and where they're going to come to a head. We'll support you if you want to do it in style, like if you want to go uh, uh, balls out, because I, I do. I mean, it, it's I'm kind of torn, like if this if the ultimate crossover event is the end all be all of all the series right like they're all gonna end kind of like how phase three ended and they're starting new everything in marvel yeah i i would want that to play out in a movie on a big screen yeah Uh, and i mean if the crossover is just gonna be something they do then no just leave it in the seasons maybe make it a finale maybe make it the premiere something like that yeah Uh, but if it's gonna be the end all be all yeah let's do it yeah, I mean, I, it's it's unquestionable that they have the talent to do it. I mean, fucking John's done it multiple times over with success in every avenue that he's that he's d- dipped his toe in. So I mean, to to give him and Dave that opportunity to jump up on the big screen and be like, hey, look, we don't we don't need, you know, we don't we don't need a story group to tell us what to do. <laughs> We exactly. can just fuck it. We, we're our own story group. Right. So yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll be like, aside. hey, show us your notes. And Dave will whip out one of his, his sketches and they'll be like, okay, yeah, go ahead. You're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're good, bro. Dave will, will whip out his left testicle and be like, yeah, this is all I need. Yeah, exactly. All right. Get out of my way. Yeah, I've got more <laughs> Star Wars knowledge in my nutsack than you do in 10 yeah. of your please. Uh, story group brains. Yeah. Mr. Hidalgo, please step away from me. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, he just, he just whips it out and beats him with his ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> like just leaves it on him like chewed up gum uh no so, i do yeah, love this I guy mean, and uh, if only i could have ran into dave when we both lived in pittsburgh that, that's what else this is like man i wish i was i mean we grew up in pittsburgh you see him and everything he's wearing penguins hats uh Damn. that is a guy i would like to be yeah to just just to, i would i would almost like to sit down and have a conversation with dave more than i would george because i feel like george is so jaded at this point with fan interaction that like he just doesn't treat yeah, it the I, same I, yeah i don't think he would even be able to talk to a fan though like no i don't think it's natural for him to talk to non-artists or, or people that haven't worked in film yeah like he, Dave, he'd be like, "Hey, fuck you! Like, why are you here?" Uh, yeah, it's like, "Are you Steven Spielberg?" Yeah, leave, no, okay, leave, get away leave me, me alone. I don't like you. Yeah, Dave. Dave would. You could sit there. You could tell in in Disney Gallery season one where he literally oh just God. went on that huge speech. Like he could sit down and you you could. He should go around Nick and do a lecture series. As if Star Wars were real life and just talk yeah. about like all the meanings behind the movies. He could just characters. start a religion. He could literally start the religion of the force. Yeah. Like he would just be the pope. Yeah, he would. He'd be, he would be the head Jeebus and father you know, Filoni <laughs> in the name of the Dave, the Filoni and the Holy Loath cat. Yeah. Oh and- man. What a pimp. Uh, so yeah, that was number five. We, we spent some time on those heroes, but they deserve it. All right, coming yeah. down where we're getting there. Number four in the Star Wars time shows top 15 Star Wars moments of 2020 is none other than Boba Badass, a.k.a. Neo Boba. And we don't have to spend much time on this. We, we, we've talked about Boba Fett a lot through the book of Boba Fett mention. 
Uh, but really, S2E6, from the moment that Slave 1 comes on screen to him dropping bombs and then showing up in his armor, doing the gun flip, all that fun stuff, that is how you bring back Boba Fett, and that is how you make that character an actual badass. Yeah, that's how you give him the icon status that he always had in the fandom but never really deserved you could argue um they they did it 100 percent correctly in the mandalorian and you know like you mentioned to have tamira morrison come back as the guy to do it was the perfect cherry on top of that sunday and now we get our own live action boba series and now we get to see everything that made him the icon and the galaxy come to life for us fans so I'm, I'm super excited about it i just got fuck i love covid oh, no. cfb happened? title game may be postponed that is one thing i didn't talk about my motherfucking oh, buckeyes the, pulled out an impressive win i, I yeah. you know how negative i am nick yeah like you should see me as a sports fan i mean i, I know i bother <laughs> you sometimes with how i deal with star wars you would fucking hate me as a as a sports fan i actually just learned that the intern mutes me during buckeye and steelers games on, on our texts because of i'm a fan where i hate my team more than their their biggest rival yeah like you, I, I never get I, mad at the visiting team i hate my team for sucking period like i i, I, I it's not like oh I, I fucking hate michigan no i hate the buckeyes when they play like a bunch of shitheads that that's it I, I am just i get like ancillary stuff like sometimes like the fucking buckeyes suck this weekend it's gonna be a shitty show yeah like every now and then that comes up but i'm just looking forward to the day where the saints and the in the steelers have to play in like a meaningful game like if it comes down somehow, it's fine. I mean, you guys fucked them last year from the playoffs and I don't yeah. get mad at you. Right. I get mad at the Steelers for losing. I mean, Juju fumbled the fucking ball. I get mad at him. Yeah. I could care less. Like I, I really don't. Yeah. You know, I'll play along. Like if we're winning, like, oh yeah, Michigan sucks or Cleveland Browns are a bunch of uh, uh, tools, but watching the game, you will never hear me be like, oh, fuck you Browns or fuck you Wolverines. It's, <laughs> Justin Fields sucks. He has no brain. He's an idiot. It's stuff like that. Like that. That. And I guess for some Ohio State fans that are mega homers, that's a little too much knocking on their team. Even though I went there, graduated from there, and love it. It's just that's how I cope with my fandom. Yeah. I always have to think the worst is going to happen. So if it does, it doesn't completely kill me. And if it doesn't, it makes it the victory that much sweeter. All right. There's yep. my trick. I let the cat out of the bag. That's how I roll with sports and really a lot of stuff. My health too. Like if I feel like I'm sick, I instantly go to, I have cancer. I'm going to die. <laughs> that way, when I do get that diagnosis, it hopefully doesn't knock the wind out of me. Yeah. He's not surprised by but, it. But that's how, that's how I deal with sports. And I'm just seeing here that, they, that there's some COVID shit going on with the, the title game. So it's like, fuck. I really wanted to go down next Monday selfishly and de- uh, because I'm a degenerate so I could actually drink and watch the game. All right. Cause I'm, I'm yeah, still that, off next week. So that, yeah, but that's really the selfish reason <laughs> between me not wanting it to be postponed. Cause I am a loser drunk, <laughs> but yeah, Boba's back and he's a badass and he's got his own show. Excellent moment in 2020 for star Wars fans. Indeed. Number three, 
and this was a recent one, but the Disney 2020 investor call reveals. All this right? is deba- this is the the Disney bomb. Just call yeah, it the Disney. She bomb. just came out with a fire hose and was like, "Suck this! Is this enough content for you, motherfuckers?" Oh, yeah. it's like you still hate me. You like everybody this? still want me fired? Yeah, I mean, Here you go. again, she she probably controls some of the budgets that these people need so whether you you like her or not she still has uh, great influence at disney and lucasfilm oh yeah but we're we're not here to talk about kk we're we're here to talk about what she revealed and that's the fact that we're getting 10 new disney plus shows 11 if you believe what john said on good morning america but there's still Uh, one yet to be right we also got the the reveal that hayden christensen is going to be in kenobi reprising his role of anakin slash vader we got a bad batch trailer we got an andor uh kind of sizzle reel if you were there you got the kenobi stinger it it was just crazy I, i mean we knew through the leakers and the the poo flingers there there's rumblings out there that there's going to be some new series added to Disney plus, but I don't think anyone quite expected them to come out and lead with, Oh, by the way, we got 10 new shows. Few of them are same timeline. will crossover, And I'm talking Ahsoka Rangers book and Mando. They're essentially their own little unit. Then yep. you're getting some far high Republic ending content you're getting far future stuff in, in terms of movies. You got Rogue Squadron. You got the unnamed Taika. You're getting animation from Japanese artists and visions. The droid story. Uh, it's just, it, it, it was it was like Star Wars Christmas. It's, it's as I said on the show, Nick, that day in December, what was it, like the 18th or something, the 19th? That should be Star Wars Day moving forward, yeah. not May the 4th. That, it was... Everything that you could hope for as a Star Wars fan and more. Like, you got movies, you got shows, now we have books. We have the type of media saturation that we've always wanted from Star Wars, but we never really had until Disney got it. And you have to realize that, like, you know, say what you want about the two films that closed out the sequel trilogy and that trilogy as a whole. Outside of that, it's it's been home runs left and right. I mean, you literally, even from the smallest shit, you resign, you resign uh, Timothy Zahn to bring back Thrawn into canon, and he does it in a fantastic new trilogy of books that really fleshed out that character in a wonderful way. You bring on Patty Jenks from Wonder Woman fame to have her bring to life a Rogue Squadron movie. Uh, let's just you- hope Rogue Squadron's more like the first Wonder Woman and not Wonder <laughs> Woman 84. I have not seen 84 Dude, yet, but I've heard I, I went into sense. it like kind of believe in some of the reviews and kind of trying to shut out some of the trolls out there like stunt by is like oh reviews are looking good and then i guess when the the, the public opened up the rotten tomatoes start dropping he's like oh look now that people aren't getting paid the truth's coming out i'm like oh he's just being an angry man and then i watch i was like yeah this is not a good movie <laughs> it is not it's like a bumbling c to a low b type of movie it's right back to yeah dc cinematic universe type of shit which was i mean i think that is again i don't know how much of that is the creators because if you have multiple creators all making movies and they're all bad that's probably a brass deal and not she's actually went out and said that wonder woman essentially is not connected to the bad dceu she's like justice league that released isn't real 
Like she's on record saying that. Like I've made my movies. I've made Wonder Woman 84. This, that, and the other thing. Like the Joss Whedon jo- uh, Justice League doesn't exist. So yeah, that's a great way to to run your cinematic universe. It's, it's, it's weird. I'm not blaming Patty. It's just I mean DC's fucked it up from the get go. They, they really yeah. have. I mean, outside of Nolan's Batman's. Uh, man of steel was okay but it's just uh, wonder woman first one is pretty damn good i thought aquaman was entertaining but outside of that it's like yeah you just need to nuke that whole shit and then like nuke it all and restart it in five years i I want to see i'm not i'm not disagreeing with you because i mean let's be real any comic band comic fan worth their salt knows that dc started it all oh yeah i mean superman was the first uh, any Marvel character can be directly drawn back to a DC character. There, there really isn't a single original Marvel. There, there's plenty. Now I'm going to get Marvel fanboys on me, but a lot of their, <laughs> a, a lot of their big characters are DC characters. I mean, they're based off of DC and some literally the same yeah. thing. I mean, DC started fucking Superman. They started Batman and they can't get it going on the big screen. It's just, they hired the wrong people to run their cinematic universe. But what I was going to say, yeah, I guess Jeff Johns is a, a douche too. What, what I was going to say w- with rebooting DC is I, I do want to see Snyder's take on Justice League. I'm not interested. I, I don't I don't know if it's going to improve it much, but I just got to see it because it's been like Dude. this pop culture uh, phenomenon for years Dude, now. Dude, if you fucking think... Think about Batman versus Superman. That was trash. And then even his director's cut was still trash. Like, <laughs> he hasn't made a good movie. When's the last time Zack Snyder put out something there? You're like, holy shit, that was amazing. It was fucking, like, Probably Watchmen. 300 or Watchmen. Yeah, like, Watchmen. That was it. Like, he made the Dawn of the Dead remake, but he literally made it about as shot-for-shot shot as you could for a remake for a Dawn zombie of the Dead movie. is great. The one he did where James Gunn wrote it yeah. and Ving Rhames is in it. Yeah, that, yeah that's no, a good that's one. Yeah, no, that's great, but he also had James Gunn writing it, and we see what James Gunn does <laughs> Watch out. on his own now. Watch out. Nick's like a, a DC Star Wars type of fan. It, it's, it's, like, it's not even DC. The properties can be done properly, but you have to put the proper people in place, and Zack Snyder's not the guy. Right. Like, he's just not it. You hired the wrong and and like he's even come out now and says like after my after my Snyder Cut releases I'm not involved with DC ever again, like and also like you if you have to put out a four and a half hour long cut of that movie it's not even a movie anymore it's a it's a four part miniseries like <laughs> I just don't know like well who knew I'm sorry who knew he'd get Nick all fired up over talking some uh, Justice League. I just like I can't stand it because you <laughs> fucked it up. They, they fucked it up so royally from moment one, and now people are expecting the guy who fucked it up from the beginning <laughs> to all of a sudden like come in and just say like I'm gonna release a four and a half hour long movie that's gonna fix yeah. everything that I've ever messed up myself. Hey, like I, I still want to check it out because <laughs> I need something after Wonder Woman '84. I mean, outside of Pedro Pascal and seeing Gal Gadot in some very lovely looking dresses. It, it it's not that good it's i mean i'm gonna watch it after saying all that of course i'm gonna watch it because i'm a i'm a geek bro fan i've watched I'm, I'm it twice watch it. I, it's one of those movies where i had to watch it a second time just to make sure that it wasn't just to as confirm good. it was as bad as <laughs> and, and i was, was like yeah it's not it's just not good but no i mean like back on the star wars thing like 
knowing that Patty Jenks's father was a fighter pilot and knowing that she's been literally fighting her entire career to make a fighter pilot movie. Yeah. You'd like you'd think she's going to throw everything at it. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is her basically like her piece de resistance. This is her homage to her father and her her ultimate you know work that she's now. And it's a Star Wars movie. Right, I mean, it's the on. first female directed. Right, yeah, female led direction. Yeah, director for a movie, and then you have the female led series with the acolyte with Leslie Headland. I mean, come on, uh, like you can't yeah, I mean, ask. That, for that's more why. Than I mean, that's why this get. comes in at number three. The, 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 all these reveals it was just like wow wow all right they 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 do like us hopefully they all have the same level of excellence that we've come to expect in mando and i wouldn't see why they wouldn't uh, i mean yeah, i expect nothing less disney's not dumb while yeah i'd agree kathleen some of them probably have hard-ons for certain story things and what a certain way things should be done uh they like money and uh, when you usually if you produce stuff that fans love, that money really starts to come in more and more and more. And they typically won't fuck with stuff like that, that that prints money. Yeah. So I, yeah. I have I have um, all the hope in the world that this shit is going to be uh, really the next two or three, three, four years of Star Wars and be pretty great in terms of TV. And we'll finally be getting some damn movies back. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, number two. Number Here two. We we're getting close. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to reveal the number one, although everyone should know what it Everybody is. Everybody knows what number one is. But, Come on. But number two, we're, we're kind of we're, we're stepping away from the franchise itself and, uh, you know, we're getting a little narcissistic. Number two, taking SWTS live. That's right. We did not do this until 2020. I believe our first live was sometime in April. Uh, it was a clusterfuck. Uh, Really, for the first month or two, the live streams were clusterfucks. But what they did, Nick, and and I still don't know why, because it's not like we changed much outside of putting our stupid faces on the screen and allowing people to skip their work during a Tuesday to watch us. (laughs) But it did, going and doing the show live and then also dropping it on the audio podcast platforms seemingly gave us a little bit of an audience. Right. I mean, we've got them in here now. A lot of the people in the live chat today on episode 143 were back there when we took the shit show live back in April Uh, and doing the lives has added more interaction with you and me, with the fans. And I do think it gave us a nice little boost, obviously not to my liking. That'll come. Hopefully, if not, I just need to quit at some point. But I do feel like it finally generated some bit of buzz around the star wars time show and some form of a community yeah i mean look from that we've spawned a very active discord which we always invite more people to join i mean we've had people join in the last couple of weeks we hope we get more of our fans to join on a constant basis i mean we have chats that are about toys we have chats that are about the shows we have chats that are about nothing i mean you can come in here and talk about whatever you want to it doesn't have to be toy related or not uh, it's just a good place for our community to hang out. And I love that after launching it, I was like, we'll we'll be lucky if we get, you know, five, ten people. We have over almost 30 people on our Discord. 
which is incredible for me and Matt to be able to say that we have 30 people who are interested enough to join a discord and just talk to us about Star Wars shit. I know that I'm not as active in it as Matt is. And, you know, one of my 2021 goals is to be a little bit more active with the discord and, and then just with the, you know, the community members who want to interact with us in general. Um, it was amazing to see that we got this many people. And I mean, I don't, it's only been up for a couple months, maybe two, three months, and we've already got 30 people in here. Uh, which, I mean, let's be real. I know Nick's being nice. That is fucking pathetic. Like 30 people. <laughs> I'm not yelling at the fans. This is what makes me feel like a loser. I even have like that guy, Brian, that shows up every now and then and tries to talk shit. He's even said in like our private text, he's like, dude, all jokes aside, you guys really do know what you're talking about. It is somewhat entertaining if you like Star Wars. And he's like, it's a shame you only get like 20 people to listen. And I said, no shit. I mean, we, we actually, <laughs> believe it or not, I mean, talking about taking Star Wars Time Show Live, we get way less views through the video version of the show, the live version of the show, than the audio. Like the audio is oh, yeah. where our numbers are at. Yeah, well, um, the audio is also up on 55 Yeah, it's, it's easier. You don't have to <laughs> basically skip half of your workday if you live here in the States. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 30 people live, I, I think we demand more of an audience yeah. than that, but hey. And I expect every one of you who are regulars in our, in our live stream chat to be in our Discord channel. I don't know if Kingdom of Weird is in there. I they trickle in. Like, every once in a while, I'll see yeah. like, oh, someone has joined the thing, and then I don't know if they talk or not, but... Hey, look, all, all I'm asking is to get in there. You don't have to, to type messages every day. You don't have to send, you know, long dissertations or anything like that. Pop in, say a couple words, drop a new thing here and there. Come back in a couple weeks, say something again. It's where our community is the most welcome to interact with each other beyond just commenting on yeah. Instagram. It's a lot easier for the flow. You never know. You may piss me off and I'll yell at you on the show the next week. Yeah, who knows? That's a bonus. That's, that's only that, happened that's a couple like a times. bonus. <laughs> I mean, we I, launched... Nick, I considered putting episode 140 in the top 15 <laughs> because of how Just crazy a... that shit was. There that that was the opening where I basically was breathing fire for the first 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's been nice going live. Uh, I, I do feel a little bit of that, that community aspect, which is the kind of that black hole I've been talking about in my soul. Uh, I just need more. So yeah, keep it going. Keep mean, it going. We, we've launched our hats this year. That's which, right. We finally got the hats out and there's, a, there's <laughs> the still a couple there. left. Yeah, there's still some small, medium sizes if you want them. We launched our Teespring shop, which is still live, and only one person has bought something <laughs> up. So if you, you know want what, though? That, that's why I love our super fans, because they're always like, oh, guys, you're great. We love why you. You're awesome. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, where's why the rest you... of the people then? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> we're, we're awesome to like the tens of you, but I mean, we should at yeah. least have hundreds of fans at this point. Yeah, I know, right? But we so, love you. We, we love the super fans. It's all in fun. Again, we're not yelling actually, at you. We appreciate we, you. We've had two things sold. We sold one t-shirt and one hoodie. <laughs> so if you are out there and you want some Star Wars time merch and you don't see it on our hey, Teespring you know shop, what? if there's something you want, let us know. We can probably put it up there on the Teespring. The best part is uh, I think the hoodie went to the fan that no longer listens to the show because of episode 140. <laughs> There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, if you can't take the heat, get your ass out the kitchen. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> All Matt, right. Is everyone ready for number one? Let's do it here. Time.
I have <laughs> got go. to piss, my friend. So we got to get to number one. It is. It's starting to turn my eyes yellow. That's how bad. All right, drum roll, please. And our number one moment of Star Wars fandom in 2020, of course, is Luke's big rescue. And if it wasn't for anyone else, you're not a real Star Wars fan, okay? This was the greatest surprise any of us could have ever asked for. None of us knew we wanted it, but they gave it to us, and it was, it was just glory. It was glorious. This is Star Wars Church, as I said. Seeing Luke Skywalker come back and be the Jedi Knight that we knew he was going to become after he declared himself one in Return of the Jedi was amazing, surprising, emotionally charged, emotionally draining, magical, mystical. It was everything. It's the one thing that we thought that they weren't going to do. And it's the one thing that they did as good as could ever be done. Like we, but Nick, we talk so on, on YouTube, they do deep fakes better. <laughs> you know, well, next time we'll, we'll hire the, the YouTube guy with two subscribers <laughs> that uses the deep fake uh, download that he got off the you know the internet to go do it right. for Lucasfilm, but I mean we talked multiple times leading up to the finale like who's the Jedi going to be? Who could it be? Could it just be Ahsoka? Could Ahsoka show up again? Could it be Ezra? We got the tie-in with Thrawn. Could it be Ezra? He comes back. I mean I flogged and myself we, on air because of how confident yeah. I was that Luke Skywalker would never show up in the Mandalorian. I was like this show doesn't need the Skywalker card. Plus, if they bring him back, just imagine what fans would say about his look. I did say that, and I was right there. You were right there. But I, I was but uh, I like, like Greg reminded me. I, I beat myself on episode one forty two. If you need to go back and see that, I, I take a, I think it was a, a charging cable, and proceeded to whip my back yeah. until it was bleeding. Yeah, and I think overwhelmingly, the response was more, I like you know what we said and what. Star Wars theory said and you know while there were people who were like his face looks a little weird that was largely drowned out by everybody who was like this is what we always wanted this is what we always knew we wanted but we were too afraid to ask for in this show you know this is this is a tv show it's not a it's not a movie you know th there's not even any jedi in it there's not even any big players in it how are they going to bring Luke Skywalker? And right. I wouldn't, you know, I did, man. I mean, and, and they set us up. So I blame them and, and good on them for keeping this stuff hidden and really throwing us off the trail. But Lucasfilm almost went out of its way in 2019 to be like. Skywalker's it's yeah. over. Skywalker saga concludes in episode nine. So I was like, you know, they're they're really they're really going all in on this shit. Like the Skywalkers are like a cancer or something and, and they need to get them out there so they can do all this new shit and start new franchises and get new licenses and more uh, Grogu dolls out into the market. But Hey, I was wrong. They did it. They did it. They did and it. it was excellent. I mean, uh, just like star Wars theory did, I was sitting there 
I was probably worse than him. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like I was losing my breath. It was like, it's that excitement. It's the excited crying where you're like, Oh no. Oh my God. They actually did it. And then R2 comes in and I'm rolling on the floor, like in a ball shaking, like, (laughs) you, you all have to realize and remember though, that, that Matt cry, almost cried at a, at a cartoon show that his daughter was watching. What was it called? The, uh, the, the, that fucking weird animated show. Uh, dude, I cry. I mean, I, I cry a lot now. It's like the yeah, older, Matt, the older Matt, Matt you get, everything. especially <laughs> if you've had a few beers or, or, or a puff, man. I mean, the emotions just turn on. I think, uh, yeah, last night I was watching the crowd. <laughs> I was watching the crowd and was crying for Prince Charles. <laughs> uh, it's, I think it was, it's season three. It's the episode where like, they officially make him the Prince of Wales and actually he goes to Wales and learns Welsh. And he really, the crown is a fascinating series. I don't know if like people in the UK love it, uh, but I I just find the monarchy just so fascinating that it still exists. I mean, they're, they're essentially celebrities that are are funded by the the public by the government but (laughs) when you are in that monarchy and the reason i was i felt sad for charles even though i've always thought he's is kind of a douche is they really especially someone like him who is going to be a a successor to the throne they really don't have their own life and they 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 their their freedom uh, their their free will's gone like when you're a royal like them and that's why what Harry and Meghan did was so crazy because they did that because if you stay in in the royal family everything about your life is dictated to you what you do where you go what you say who you can be with so I don't know I felt I felt sad for old Prince Chuck last night but it it just goes back to uh, the older I get uh, the more emotional I will become but but only (laughs) late at night and if I've tuned up my body I, i'm still quite the man when it comes to uh emotion suppressing uh in, yeah. in daily in normal life outside of star wars but I, yeah, although, I, mean, Nick, I, I teared up in in 142 i think after you left or maybe when you were on here uh, tones almost had me crying on this show yeah, you, you, yeah like i, I, I was getting a little that. weak in my voice like oh <laughs> when, when he you know was talking about watching luke's ship show up with his son and they both looked at each other and just knew like in tones saying i'll never forget that just like i mean even this weekend where my little girl's like hey daddy let's watch rebel star wars or today daddy read me return of the jedi like they those interactions with your spawn, if you're a Star Wars fan, are, are very memorable and emotional. So that's why yes. I was, I didn't have to change my tampon. I was just thinking about my own Star Wars kid and, and how that stuff goes. But there you go. Luke's big rescue at number one. I mean, it had mm-hmm. to be, had to be. Yeah. So that's our, that's our top 15 for 2020. And then we'll let Matt go to the bathroom real well, quick. Hold and on. We'll get now our- that. Now that Kingdom of Weird is commenting on the Royals, I almost want to just talk about the crown for the rest of the show. <laughs> He's saying the Royals well, in the well, UK are far from universally popular. I, I could imagine. I would assume that was it it's the Labour Party and then the Lords Party, like all the all the rich people, right? You got the Labour Party, which would I would assume be like our Democrats, and then they have I guess they call them conservatives, but they're like the Lords that have actually owned land and have been part of the royal family. 
they have like multiple parties over there too. It's not just like yeah, they got like two, the Tories, like the Whips, the this, the that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they just have straight liberals and conservatives as, as well. Like they just call. I, I just that. I don't know what it is. I I've been fascinated by uh, the Windsor, the House of Windsor. There, there's a documentary on Netflix. Literally, it's six episodes long that starts with. Uh, the queen's grandfather and then goes all the way up through where we're at now. Wow. You, you've really gone. I don't know, dude, it's just, if you think about Britain, the United Kingdom, they are like one of the oldest civilizations out there. Yeah. And at one point in time, they were an empire. I mean, they, they they had colonized most of the world. I mean, what you, from a little fucking island, like they still own like an entire country in North America. Right. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's an impressive society, uh, considering how long they've, they've lasted. I mean, it's the only monarchy that survived all the shit that happened in the 20th century. I mean, all their cousins got wiped out, like the the czars of Russia just taken out. But these people, the Windsors, the queen, they keep it going. What Matt's telling me is that, we're now starting Crown's Time Show, and I need to start watching it. I yeah, the Windsors make for good newspaper tablets, and that's how I kind of see it over there. Like, the, the royal family, they're like your celebrities, but kind of baked into your taxes and everything. We're over here, we just kind of pay for a bunch of dumb shit and idiots, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm fascinated by the HRHs. <laughs> Kingdom of Weird just laid down the biggest insult to America that you could. He says, we have churches older than your country in my town. Yeah, no, he's, <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, countries that have that level of history, for people like us, it, it, I don't know if you've ever been over there, but I, I went to London to watch the Steelers play, and I loved it. I mean, outside of it being expensive as fuck and not knowing that you're not supposed to tip over there for drinks. I mean, I, I wondered, I'm over there. I'm like, Jesus Christ, the service here is awesome. And I, I'm, I'm treating it like an American. You give me a beer. I'll throw you a two or $3, you know? And anytime I'd walk up to the bar, they'd be like, Hey, hey mate, what do you want? I'm like, this isn't it. They're like, boom, 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 boom. And then I'd throw them a dollar and they'd be like, ha ha, look at this idiot. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I, I loved walking around London, checking out all the history to it. And I don't know. I just, I love old history and we don't have a lot of it. So not in America, you got to turn Uh, to the people that essentially kicked all of our nut job asses out to come here and start a country. I think a lot of people forget that America was founded by the people that could not get along with people that had been civilized for hundreds of years. All right. Are we going to take a break before we get into predictions so I can take a quick wee? Yes. Uh, shit. That doesn't, that's not going to work. We got to get through predictions. I mean, you can, all right, the predictions will go pretty quickly. There's only a few of them. So if you can hold it for that long. Yeah, I'm going to try uh, to, I'm going to try to squeeze through them because when I started talking about the crown, it kind of took my focus off of my bladder. Um, so you need to, yeah, that's right. I mean, beers in, in London were like 10 bucks, but damn, yeah. over here, that's, I mean, we go to a sporting event and you're looking at like a $15 drink. Yeah, so. that's true. At, at, at stadiums there are. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but remember, you're not supposed to be tipping for these drinks. So here it's still, it's still kind of evens out. Cause if, if you're not a shithead in America and you get a beer, you're typically going to give them at least a dollar. Yeah. If you're someone like me, I, and I know it's an event, I'll hit the bar and right off the bat, I'll lay down 10 to 20 and be like, I'm good all night. See you later. I'm done giving you tips. Here's, here's a, here it is. All right, that's enough on drinking in the UK and the Windsors <laughs> and all that fun stuff. 
All right, so 2021 predictions for the Star Wars universe from yours truly's. Right. Um, so Matt, kick us off with with your first prediction. Yeah, and here. some of these I've kind of uh, oh, sorry. I've kind of dribbled out over the show. Some I, I haven't, so here we go. First one, and I think this is a no-brainer. We're gonna get a Din cameo in the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be a full episode excursion, but uh, Din Djarin will not be uh, taken from us for two years, okay? Din Djarin will show up in the Book of Boba Fett in some capacity, and Tones, I do think, and they owe it to us, we will get a flashback to see how Boba did make it out of the pit and how he uh, lost his armor to the Jawas. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty solid guess. We we know that all of these series are basically intermingling with each other, so it's not like only Boba Fett and Fennec Shan can be in the Boba series. It's not like the, only the Rangers characters can be in that series. You're gonna have people kind of going in and out oh, yeah. of each series, so you know, yeah, I, I think that's a uh, dead on. It's like I said. I mean, Book of Boba Fett. I, they're calling it that because of the way the Mandalorian is serialized, right? It's in chapters. So we, we've, mm-hmm. we've just checked out the first two books of Din's book of Din. Now yeah. we're going to take a break and get a little book of Boba. So, uh, but yeah, Din's going to be in it. Trust me. No way they're leaving the, the shiny bunker boy off screen for two years. Yeah, I agree. Next um, prediction. Yeah. World yeah, next- between worlds in Ahsoka. And I know I, I've talked about this before. This is literally built into the logo. Yes. I mean, you can't really can't fuck that one up. But and I think I said this on the last episode and some of you bought it. But I'm I'm speculating that we're going to see the worlds between worlds used in the series and she will use it in a similar fashion to how Ezra used it to save her. Uh, I kind of put it out there that we we may see her kind of go back in time and grab him and potentially Thrawn slips through from the finale of Star Wars Rebels, so they're never sucked out into the unknown regions. Because, yeah, I mean, it's a cartoon of Star Wars. Yes, they probably could have survived whatever happened to them, but it's hard for me to to think that with no sealed air space, right? I mean, the windows were smashed so those whales could come in, that whatever the whales pulled them through in hyperspace may have fucked them up. <laughs> Yeah. But again, I, I'm I'm willing to suspend belief. I'm not Neil deGrasse Tyson where I'm going to start arguing the physics of such a move. But I wouldn't be surprised to see that that's how they resolve the Ezra Thrawn thing and how it, they get them back in the Star Wars Prime. It makes the most sense, and it's the I don't want to say the easiest, but like you've now like World Between Worlds is an established thing that was through Rebels, so like it makes the most sense to use that to bring back the Rebels characters that were essentially lost at the end of season four. So yeah, I, I 100% Yeah, so I, I mean, Ahsoka, live-action Thrawn is a done deal. That's a done deal. Ezra, high possibility if they go with my speculation. And I think Sabine would make for a good live-action debut in the Ahsoka series, considering how her and Ahsoka kind of bonded in Rebels and obviously in that uh, epilogue, whatever the fuck it takes place. Thanks, Dave. Clearly (laughs) those two were on a mission together to find Ezra. Um, But like I said, Thrawn for sure, we're going to get live action in Ahsoka. So I'm hedging my bets a little bit. 
Okay. Next up, we have the oh, bad batch. I'm sorry, Nick. Okay. Something popped up in the chat. Uh, fans speculating that we may learn that Boba escaped thanks to the crate dragon eating the sarlacc, and I I think that is a good guess. They yeah. plant those seeds in the Mandalorian. Like I mean, it's. Just like those Spurs uh, during the first season, I mean, obviously Dave and John do this, where they'll plant a tiny little seed, maybe a little line that could be paid off in some form of canon story down the road. So, yeah, I I don't think that's a bad idea. Yeah, Um, definitely could pay off that way very easily. So good call. Yeah, good call there. So may even be the same crate dragon that they blowed up. That's 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 kind of what I mean. Again, just the continuity these guys have done from all these different franchises. They're the pros at it. So I I I I fully trust that they could pull that off if that's how they go. Yeah. Um next one, prediction. Bad batch will link up with Rex and Ahsoka in the series. All right. So I do believe the Bad Batch will meet up with these two we know rex and ahsoka obviously make it out duh we saw it happen and we have seen star wars rebels uh but i do think the bad batch could be involved in potentially saving or or getting people like gregor or wolf in touch with rex and ahsoka so they can go off onto their desert planet and uh, ride around in a big uh, prequels era walker yeah uh, yeah, I think that's very logical to come through there. It's it's uh, it's, a, it's an easy way to explain how Gregor and Wolf at least make it through Rebels, make, right? Because yeah, because you never really see them. Like you don't know how they you know they got to that planet. You don't know not how at all. They link up with Rex, and so. only Rex. Like we we got how he makes it out of Order sixty six through the Clone Wars, but not those two. And I think the Bad Batch is a good vehicle to kind of pay off on that. Yeah, maybe one of their their missions is to like, not necessarily missions, but one of the things that they're kind of doing on the side is like, are there any other clones that that broke their programming? Can we find exactly them? Like, trying to yeah. find other clones that that learned about the chip? You'd have to assume that Rex may have hit up some of his buddies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think Bad Batch, like I said, we could get Rex and Ahsoka, also Gregor and Wolf to kind of see how they all make it into Rebels together. And the last one here, and this really depends on what they do with Ahsoka, uh, the Ahsoka series, I think, and that is the Rebels sequel finally announced. Yeah. One quick thing from, from, uh, Jared, from Sir Dork in the chat, he says, maybe the Bad Batch helped save Grogu from the temple. Yeah, I, I believe I was the one that said that first, so I'll go ahead and take credit for that, Jared. Now, just no, I do think, <laughs> and I could be dreaming because I always said that. I, I think do, you did. I, I don't remember did. what I say on these shows uh, ten minutes after we turn it off, uh, but I think I might have put it out there because other people were, were kind of kicking those tires on leaks. But lots of lots of speculation about um, characters from Mando coming in. We'll, we'll, we'll give we'll give that IG to Sir Dork if it pays off. I'll I'll give him the glory. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, if it pays off, I'll be sitting here pounding my chest like a pip. <laughs> but anyway, last one here before uh, I literally like I'm feeling stuff dribbling out into my underwear. So Rebel the, the sequel Rebel finally sequel announced. announced. So I I find this interesting because I think that Talk on, I'll be back. In my opinion, the Rebel sequel may not be one series. Like given how things are playing out with the Ahsoka series, now that she's got her own show. And given how things are playing out with, you know, essentially, you know, Bad Batch being a Rebels prequel, I think that the Rebels sequel 
could potentially be a couple of shows just coming together to tell those stories. I mean, Rangers potentially coming in and dealing with a little bit of Thrawn stuff as well. Then you have the Ahsoka series dealing with the Thrawn and Ezra world between worlds. I think more than likely there won't be an official Rebels sequel. What you'll get is a lot of characters that could come into the Ahsoka series. You could have Harrison Dula in there. You could have uh, Sabine Wren come into the Ahsoka series and that becomes your de facto Rebels sequel. Because really the the Rebels sequel is dealing with Ezra in Thrawn. Yeah, so I guess, Nick, before we knew the Ahsoka series was a thing... To me, the Rebel sequel would have always had to have addressed the Ezra and Thrawn ending. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they even dangled it to us with this now mystery epilogue. When did that actually take place? But I mean, the, the last shot of the show is Sabine and Ahsoka leaving to go find Ezra Bridger. Yeah. So I always figured if we weren't going to get it covered in anything else, and that's what this sequel would be about. But now that we know Ahsoka is happening and I just kind of laid down my predictions there, I do think, especially because they threw the Thrawn deal into Mando already suggesting he's come to live action and that his, his predicament has been resolved. That's what's kind of have me leaning towards, well, maybe they'll address the Ezra stuff in Ahsoka now. And so I'm with Nick on his idea. And uh, in particular, Hera is a huge character during the OT timeline. Especially, uh, I mean, yeah. she, she made it into Rogue One with the ghost and chopper. She made it into uh, Tross. Yep, the Rise of Skywalker. She's even in the Star Wars Squadrons. She's one of the main yeah. main NPCs. And let's remember, she has a child who could be force sensitive, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, again, like feeding into, is this another potential Luke student? Could we get a Luke right in the Academy show? Like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, um, I think that the the idea of there being an animated Rebels follow up at this point is kind of moot given everything else that's going on. Right. But I think that you will have potentially two, two shows that serve that purpose, you know, that, that kind of feed into a, to a full rebels sequel or at least a conclusion and then a continuation from there. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, um, so we'll, we'll get rebels continuation. I'll, I'll put out one other thing that's kind of small. And this is probably not going to pay off. Um, so I'll put it as more of a want than a prediction. I want to know the name of Taika's movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just something that simple. I mean, I know that based off of the uh, the updated timeline from earlier in 2020, movies are now 23, 25, 27. So that basically lines up Taika for 25 um so buddy you're gonna be waiting a long time because the way they reveal these titles these days i mean we're we're essentially we got we got rogue squadron two years before it releases so we probably yeah but i mean we we got tross like four months before it releases i mean we didn't even know it was tross until celebration in april or march yeah I think in those instances, though, it was a little different because they were like, well, people are already on the hook. They know it's a sequelized or like, you know, it's it, it is a 
set of films so we can kind of like they know it's episode nine it's you know that's that's enough of a title for it right now and also they probably didn't even have a title for that motherfucker until way later given all the shit that that happened around that movie i think i I just want to know man because just the title will give us enough to talk about for fucking four years like and and then knowing taika knowing how he is on social media with this cheeky bullshit like Oh, he'll have his fun with movie, it. I mean, he'll, it'll be yeah. fun. His movie in particular, the lead up to that is probably going to be the most fun that you're going to have in a pre-release sense for a movie, Star Wars movie ever. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm very intrigued to see what this guy does with with a yeah. full movie cuz I, I loved what he did in episode 8. Yeah. In season 1 so, and I loved what he did with IG11. I mean, I just I, I love the guy. He's he's got that yeah. wacky personality that I'm drawn to. Yeah. Uh, Oscar winner. Taika Waititi, yeah, by the way, that's right. now now working in the Star Wars universe, so I'm excited. But Damn straight. yeah, I mean, I mean, this this basically hits. I want to see trailers, uh, predictions, like realistic predictions. Trailer for Kenobi. Trailer for Cassian. Um, potentially even trailers for, um, you know, for Book of Boba, like full trailers for Book of Boba and Rangers. Um, so. I'm looking forward to seeing more on the content that was revealed during the, the investors call. That's my yep. 2020. Well, I, I'd say I, I'm assuming we'll probably get bad batch first. I, I would think mm-hmm. that that's going to be coming up here probably in the spring. Cause I know they're doing one division in January, which means they're not going to, you're probably going to get at least a four to eight week break on Disney plus before they drop another big series. Jan 15 is WandaVision. Right. So that's like 10 days. That's what out. I mean. They're, I mean, I, I would see bad batch maybe being a March, April March, type of deal. Yeah. Agree there. And then Boba so, we know is definitely December. And I know they said Ahsoka is December too. And Rangers. I just, I don't know how they're going to get it all done. Let's hope it yeah, happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I mean, that could have been interpreted wrong. Maybe. But they were like they they're all releasing around. Yeah, that's the what same it sounded time. like. So who yeah. knows? All right, dude. Well, it's that time of the show not to say goodbye, but to change gears and get ready for the infamous Star Wars Time Show fan segment. That's yes. right. No other show will you get a segment dedicated to their tens of fans. All ten of you guys who respond to our question. Right. So that, that's week. another reason to join in on the fun. <laughs> Like, let's have a party. It's a good time. You want to hear yourself read out loud on the most popular Star Wars fan podcast in Guam. (laughs) And hey, the UK is big. We're big in the UK. We're huge in Greenland, too. And we can see we have a lot of UK people in here right now. I mean, I know. I mean, there's enough people in here. I I want to talk about the crown. Yeah, I know. It's like, guys, tell us how it is to really live under a fake. I I still want to know. Why they decide to change the actress in season three when literally only, I think, three years passed from season two. They went from Claire Foy playing the queen to a very talented lady, but it'd be like if I aged 20 years in two years. Okay, yeah. Well, Doesn't make sense. Just did not make sense. Maybe it was like cognitive dissonance. They wanted to do it. Like they wanted to age the cast, but it's like, okay, well, maybe pick up stories in the 70s versus two years after we just watched in season two. 
Yeah, maybe people were just having a hard time believing that this young lady was the queen, and they're like, "Fine, we'll give you a fucking old it, one, it, like it's lady." Jarring. Is that good? I mean, it, it's <laughs> literally like if if I became a clone trooper. I mean, that that's how the aging was taking place. Yeah. All right, man. So let, let's get into the fan segment. These days, uh, we're not doing battle brackets. Maybe we'll try some in 2021 if we can cook up some good fights. But we do do the question of the week, which we usually throw up on Instagram. Uh, these days we typically do it about two hours before the show airs because <laughs> no one f- remembers to do it. But this week we've got our question of what was your top Star Wars moment of 2020? So we just rattled off 15 of our own. So now it's time to hear from a few of our fans and, and learn what was their top Star yeah. Wars moment of 2020. So. We have 11 responses here. None of them are longer than a page like we usually get from our story responses. Yeah, hopefully Bobbajan's still alive or maybe he just caught it I late. Think he, I think he responded, but I like I only went through and grabbed comment responses for this. Sorry, Bostajan, if you responded and you don't hear your name called. Um, but we're going to kick this one off with Retro Phil 13 a new responder uh, from what I can tell. He says, has to be when Luke showed up and then R2 following him in just sealed it it was so i was so happy to see that and then he gave fucking two metal hands uh or love this is like love in sign language i think actually um i mean yeah the luke moment was again our number one moment for 2020 so it, it it's not surprising to see our fan responses kick off with a <laughs> i like King, a luke kingdom keeps picking up on my crown stuff he's like Having the monarchy is like having a president that you can't vote out. Think about that, America. I was like, hey, not really, because they have no control over law at and least, policy. At really. least, yeah, he can't. I don't know if they can. I don't know if I missed that. Like, in, just in, just look like, what happened here in four history. years with a guy that it, we could vote out. I mean, they're they're still trying to uh, launch a Fix coup tomorrow. So yeah, they're like, we're not gonna blah blah blah. All this I, I can't even I get into it. Like this, this country's a goddamn disgrace. It, it's a yeah, fucking it's disgrace like, what has happened it's here. It's like I almost feel like America has turned into a Ricky Gervais show that he wrote. It, it's just crazy. To fucking kill us. We're idiocracy or whatever that fucking movie is. Like worse yeah. than that movie. Like I wish we were just a bunch of dumb fucks that like watching TV. We're a bunch of dumb fucks that like messing with people's lives and ruining, ruining shit. Our own country. What a joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, Klondike Studios. Our good friend Joe says that moment when Star Wars Time Bros mentioned me on the podcast. Well, that moment's right now, and it's in twenty twenty one. Skippy Klondike. Klondike. <laughs> we speak your name. Four inches is fine. And stop the clock. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop that clock. He'll know what I'm talking about. Most of you probably are thinking I'm crazier than I usually am. <laughs> it's still a little crazy but yeah. uh drew originals comes in he says i'll give my vote easily to the mandalorian the clone wars was obviously a highlight of 2020 especially the final few episodes that said i didn't find the middle episodes of clone wars very compelling and i actually fell asleep during one of them ouch that's a harsh harsh falling asleep uh, i found myself just waiting for the couple uh of the others to end the last four episodes were money. So yeah, Mandalorian. Well, the problem is Drew you got to get up at 4 a.m. On a, on a Friday to watch these shows. That way you won't fall asleep. Yeah, I know. You have to be fresh out of bed <laughs> and then writing down everything that you see like Matt does. Drew Originals there. Uh, Trentoff South comes in and says, for me, 
It's for sure the Clone Wars final season. See, juxtaposing each other. One of them was like, Mando, I didn't like Clone Wars. Trent's off all on Clone Wars here. I've been invested in Clone Wars since I was a kid and went to see the movie that started it all. 12 years later, it was so great to see it have a proper ending. The Mandalorian season two was a major highlight that blew me and the fandom away, but the Clone Wars will always have the high ground in my heart and remains my favorite beautiful, piece of Star Wars Beautiful trend off, there and go. thanks for making us feel old. But <laughs> I was 28 when the Clone Wars movie came out. Yeah. I a mean, lot, a lot of these people that listen were like fucking kids. Like <laughs> I was, ooh, no, I think I just turned, yeah, I was 20. I just turned it's 20. 2008, I believe, is when the movie dropped. Indeed it was. So I just turned 20. <sighs> so good response. I like how... It's not all. It's not all Mando. Like yeah, I was I know, was expecting a lot of Mando, a lot of Luke. Yeah, but I mean, good diversity here so far. Uh, Scion XTC, one of our favorite fans, says picking one moment isn't easy, but I'm going to go with the announcement of all the new Star Wars Disney Plus series that will be released over the next few years. It's giving us hope for the future of the franchise that we will always have Star Wars, even if it's not a movie. There we go. Another like not even related to. To necessarily content that we've seen, but content that's coming. Yeah, that's I mean, on our list. It's fair game. If we can do mm-hmm. it, Scion can do it. Yeah, I mean, it's like literally that is the lifeblood of the franchise. That's what like all of the things that were announced is what's going to keep. I, the I mean, Nick, let's alive. be real. Uh, up until up until that reveal, you and I were left with the prospects of only talking about Bad Batch in 2021. Yeah, you know, because Bad Batch it was confirmed before all that. We knew that one was coming, but it, it, the movies were still kind of in limbo. They were pushed back, uh, pushed back again for COVID. So yeah, I mean that that Disney Plus event, like I said, that is the new Star Wars Day, December eighteenth. Yep, beautiful. Uh, all right, pictures by R two D two. Another new responder says, "Easy, Grogu and Din getting to look properly at each other's faces for the first time." I'm so invested in those characters. It was a beautiful moment right. and great payoff for uh, to the two. It did. I mean, it just it, it it echoed memories of of Luke's goodbye to Vader and, and Vader's words to Luke of, you know, I want to look on you with my own eyes. Uh, except Din yeah. didn't die by taking off his helmet. He just lost a ton of street cred with the cult. Yeah, with the Death Watch cult. So now he can't go back to his bunker because they won't let him in. <laughs> Uh, like, it will Bo, be I, I want to see Bo to rat him out. Like, hey, armorer, he took his helm off. He took his helmet off. <laughs> yep. And then she chops his fucking head off right there. <laughs> and that's the end and then of the heavy. The charm. heavy comes in and sits on him. Yeah, Paz Vizsla just fucking crushes him. <laughs> All right. Rust Belt Collector says, The Mandalorian was certainly a major highlight, and I enjoyed it beginning to end. But for me, the Clone Wars, hard to believe. That uh, that was this year, but 2020 was a bit of a mess. Yeah, you could say that. Uh, but the wrap up of all those childhood memories was really bittersweet. It is. I mean, like, it, it, I mean, when we talk about the Clone Wars, it does feel like it, it was in like the year 2000 because it was one of the last things that came out before COVID. Uh, you know, the world went to hell. Yeah, I mean, Clone Wars was. It started in Jan, ended in February. Yeah, I think it right at the end of February or early March, yeah. and then here we go. And then lockdowns across the, I mean, really across the United States started in March, but I mean, there were lockdowns across the world that started before March. Like uh, Taylor's family lives in Italy. They were in lockdown in like 
January. The UK, January. they're they're locked down again because yeah. their government actually works and they they do yeah, stuff. We, we should be in some <laughs> you, sort you of. Think? Like, <laughs> you think? You think, dude? I mean, with that new infectious, more infectious strain. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that, UK. That's just what we needed. A fucking yeah, guys, mutated fuck virus. Y'all. What the hell? We were... You're probably giving it too much fish and chips or something. Uh, we got a whole bunch of people popping in saying their ages. Bat said he was over 30 in 2008. Big Amish says he's not even 24 yet. Are you old enough to listen to this show? I thought it was age gated. Well, young young uh, Liam is still our youngest. <laughs> young Liam is still the youngest. Yes, and then uh, Kingdom of Weird. He's forty this year, so he joins your club. Yeah, he'll now. be he'll be hitting the club. Uh, Gregu and I both. I, I, where is Gregu today? I, I'm worried for the man. He's in a. I know we always joke about Greg, but he's been posting some stuff about depression. It's got me a little concerned. So. Well, hopefully, those of Greg you Aussies that interact with Mister Gregu, just make sure to check on him. Yes. Uh Bastajan, you're you're his country mate, his fake country mate. Go go <laughs> see how he's doing. Um all right, Kingdom of Weird. He's in here in the chat. He says, just one. Yes, just one. <laughs> he says, get out of here. The smattering of Star Wars highlights through 2020 helped me get through that torrid year. Um, I include your podcast in this. Okay, now go. you can have more than one. <laughs> The Clone Wars finale, the Krayt Dragon scene, the Razor Crest versus the TIE Fighters, and the final episode of Mando are all, all right. pretty well, joint. First for me, though. We'll give him a pass. Um, he's, been, he's been giving us some good color commentary <laughs> in the chat today, so. There we go. There we go. So, we speak your name, Kingdom of Weird. <laughs> we like we to share. Yes. Uh, Sean Forney Art says, live action Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker destroying Dark Troopers. Quick and to the point. Is Sean also a UK man? No, he's know, he's, he's, he's a he's comic in... book guy that lives by me, and uh, I'm wondering okay, what the so... hell his logo says now. It field says guide some... to cryptids. Field guide to cryptids. Is that like? I don't know. Is that he's like a, he was in the chat. I don't know if he still is. Forney, what, Sean Forney, what is that? What, what, what is a cryptid? I've heard of. I know what that is, honestly, but it, it's just slipping my mind now. But we'll let Sean respond. No, no, Sean, Sean's a great dude. I've got some Sean Forney art hanging down here in the cave, and it's actually not Star Wars, believe it or not. There we uh, go. Sean's, Sean's actually, I mean, he's created his own comic book series, and uh, he did a Kickstarter years ago, and I, I threw in on it. And he included uh, Entertainment Boot, I believe, the logo and the site in the comic panels itself. So, Oh, shit, that's awesome. No, he's, he's a Very good nice. dude. I like that we oh, have Oh, here we so go. Many. That's my new book. Gotcha. So he, he did a book. Oh, I'm assuming okay. Crypt- it's a, it, So like it's all of these form. like urban legends and like cryptozoology and Chupacabra. shit like that. Okay, gotcha. I like it. I like it. Plug it, Sean. You're on the show right now. Sean Forney's new book is in the logo right here. I can't see what the top of it says. Is it Scarlet's, it has- Scarlet's Field Guide, the Cryptid, Sean? Well, we're trying to give you a good plug here, but it's a little blurry. Yeah, so I think it's a, I think you might be right. Scarlet's Field Guide to Cryptids. Look it up. That's pretty and cool. Other adventure, yeah, ca- and other adventures. Sean's saying it captures uh, what science doesn't yet recognize. So, you know, like, like mythy type of stuff, like Loch Ness Monster, I assume. That's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're here to support yeah. each other, right? Good shit. Look it up, everybody. Check him out. Get Sean Forney Art on Instagram. I'm sure he's got links and all that jazz in there. All right. Baron's Black Series, our good friend. And the unofficial PR person for the Star Where's Wars. Where's his at? Oh, he must there. be back at work. That's right. He's probably the, got work the again, high yeah. schools. They have to go back with only a two week break. I get four week break. 
Uh, he says, seeing Ahsoka in live action and having Hayden back in the fold. Hayden, the, the Hayden announcement was just... Matt and I, for those of you who've been with us back from the EB days, we started the Hayden for Vader back when Rogue One was announced. This was 2016, 2015. We we were on that train from day one. And the fact that Kathleen finally picked up my phone calls, I've been calling her for four years. She listens. We've we've telling her to make this happen. Like, you know. Finally, she she was like, if you stop calling me, I'll put him in the show. And I was like, all right, that's all we need. That's all we need. And here we are. So you can thank the Star Wars Time Bros for that happening. It's been a four-year crusade, but we made it. I, I tell you what, man, I, I probably am most excited for Kenobi, even though I know how great Mando is and the world they have built. But anytime you take me back into what started my own fandom that's it i sell out like i <laughs> i i just i i think the kenobi series could be uh, more scripture more star wars gospel type of material if you know what i'm saying yeah the gospel according to deborah chow exactly thank you <laughs> so yeah no i i'm super excited for it and and to have hayden back as anakin and vader is just i, I just it's it's the literal perfect i look at it the as the, the the final band-aid on the prequels for me all right I, i'm gonna stop yelling at all you that like the prequels if you like them good for you prequels were to me like the sequels are to a lot of you it, a lot of people it really that. bummed me out it got me angry uh, I, I went on a, I basically cut Star Wars out of my life like Luke did himself. I mean, I, I didn't watch Star Wars movies basically from 05 until uh, w- uh, when TFA came out. I just, the shit just bummed me out. But thanks to the Clone Wars final season, the Clone Wars in general, and I do think in Kenobi, those for me, notice the qualifiers, for me, I think will will fully heal my prequel wounds. Yeah. I agree. I think that that show is going to be like the final bandage. Yes, it's going to yeah. give Hayden his his just due at the at the role. I think you know, yeah, kind of actually let him do it. Definitely, agree. and not be relegated to. I mean, he's like a laughing stock in Star Wars fandom for the most part. Kind of, like people come around to him recently, but like, I mean, even in Hollywood, people really shit on that, that role. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so. and i just got through clones again and that is where he shines <laughs> yeah he's reading right. what's given to him yeah exactly he can only read the words on the page um all right last one up for this segment here this is from galagus rax picks he says difficult luke and ahsoka were great really enjoyed tamira morrison return uh his return as boba fett but i think the best moment for me was the short no pun intended interaction between grogu and r2 i can see that i I, it's like i said i mean i was already worked up but when r2 came in frame from behind luke it was like someone just came up and punched me in my heart and i like fell over because you already had the luke like and then they bring in his little buddy it's just like oh my god there's the cherry on top look at the little bucket (laughs) but oh my god oh man it was dude it was it was such an it was to be expected, but nobody expected it. Like, of course, R2's with him. 
Who's who's who else is in Red Five with? Yeah, I know, like but it, dude, you're just, just I was still like you're a, so yeah, you're so caught up. It's just like even oh when my God. you knew it was Luke, I still wasn't thinking about any other stuff. It's just like <laughs> Luke, 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 yeah. Luke, and then a little guy comes around. is like, oh, there he is, C three PO's whipping boy. Yeah. Uh oh, Jared's losing service. All right, thanks for joining us, Jared. Right. Uh, you're gonna drop out just in time to not hear your name called for the top five that you made last week. Um, which is going to bring us into our top five. Yeah, let's we're transition kinda, into that. And I think what we're going to do, Nick, is the one we missed through. Yeah, we're, we're not going to do a full like love yeah. fest for last week. A we'll save that for this down. week. But yeah. So what I'll do is I'll speed through. We'll kind of scroll through the images and I'll hit the names of our top five, our, our, our last full 2020 top five uh, from last week. And then we will go into our proper yep. top five reading of this week. So. To kick off the uh, 1221 to 1228 2020 top five, we got a shot from KMC 2019 of the Neo New Boba that was just absolutely killer. Um, just very clean, very vibrant colors from that shot from at KMC 2019. We have one of our favorite, um, I guess you would call her traditional artists, vector artists, painters, whatever you want to call our digital artist at K Merals, Merals, M-E-R-O-L-Z-Z. Yeah, I, just, I just call her badass. I mean, yeah, badass artist. Um, she has a stunning pick uh, or a representation of Ahsoka from the Mandalorian with long, season two. With long five. tails, by the way. Yeah, she, she put the long tails in there, but she's also whipping the same garb as she did in Mando S2 uh, episode five. So... Uh, beautiful portrayal there by K. Moroles with four Zs. Uh, next up is our good buddy Sir Dork with a sledding Grogu <laughs> and Din Djarin for this. Uh, he for he the does Christmas one every season. year. I mean, it's either his Stormtrooper and his Santa outfit, but this year he got <laughs> Grogu and Din literally on even, a classic rail sled. I don't even know if they make these yeah. things any year cause, anymore because you probably can chop off people's limbs. Yeah. Did you ever have one of these when you're little? Probably not growing up in the South. Not in the South because there was no snow. I just realized (laughs) that when I said it. But for someone like me that grew up in the North in Pittsburgh where decent hills and whatnot, like sledding was a, I mean, that was a a cherished tradition in the winter. But these sleds, like the one that Jared used, I mean, you would, you steer with that white thing, Nick. Yeah. And everything else is on like skates almost, like like actual ice skates. Yeah. So if you hit somebody, you would yeah, just like, like sever. Like their, I'm saying, like you know, cut their <laughs> cut their necks and chop off their heads and stuff like that. Oh my god. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun. I actually up, had a choke. spiral fracture of my leg from sled riding that put me in a wheelchair for about four months. Oh my god. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's it's real fun. <laughs> you should try it out. Yeah, so just just like Grogu and Din, you guys jump on your own sleds and uh, thank you at SirDork730 for this wonderful shot. Next up we have, this is a first time top fiver and I, I feel bad for the first time top five, uh, you know, people that made it. And this one, I think it's only at BrickPanda82 though. This almost looks like it came straight from fucking Lego Star hey, bro, Wars. I, I'm going to tell you game. right now, at BrickPanda82 is one of the most talented Lego art creators out there. Uh, I don't know if he tags us all the time, but if you scroll through his feed, I- I'm talking everything he puts out is studio quality. Yeah, I mean, this is, ab- it's just fucking mind-blowing. Right. Like, 
Yeah, that's it's like Starkiller fucking... hunting down Luke. I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah, it cuts off his hand. Like, it's it's nutty. I love it. So, at BrickPanda82, excellent work. Uh, our last one for the top five before Matt's top one was at Toy Fanatic. And we have... This is one of those little things that I think you got one of, right? Like well, you got Nick, one of these little because Grogu's. people know who I am for Christmas. I got a few more, so I now have one, two, three, four, five, six total <laughs> of these. I'll hold some of them up the the little goofy animated Yoda or Grogu figures. Yeah, so we got little Grogu reaching out towards a candle light, and then the background you can see a beautiful Christmas tree, and then yeah, a, it was a, a nice, nice, nice holiday Christmas shot. Movie. I think on yeah. Christmas Eve I shared nothing but uh, holiday theme shots. So yeah. uh, remember, if you want to get involved in the top five, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Tag us in all of your Star Wars content at Star Wars Time Show, and then also use hashtag Star Wars Time Show. Indeed. So, and then my, the my top one, one to end here is, is, yeah. is a newer account at underscore cinema toygrapher underscore. I like that handle. It's very creative. Yeah, and and that's kind of the the quality of work. It, it, they are very cinematic shots, and we're getting a look of the solo mall, which I also have in possession, but sadly have not taken pictures of yet. And it's just a great shot, great lighting, pose, everything. So there's yeah. our, our quick run, people that lost out because we did not have a show last week. And now for the people that get a little more time, but not much more because we've already hit that three hour mark. Yeah, we're already long into this episode, my, everybody. My there is no special is edition to, to this top five. We, we only have a top five to officially say goodbye to 2020. Like I said in this post, this is the last top five that will include shots from 2020. So this is uh, 1229 to 1-5. Actually, it should be 1-4. Um, but this is the official goodbye to 2020. And moving on, we will only have shots that were shared from 2021. I don't know where the people took them, well, Nick, but that, we will have uh, shared them in 2021. That That's probably a lie just because i have 260 shots in the two feature folder <laughs> that date back to december of 2020 yeah so, so we'll we'll still have some shots that were <laughs> we'll, we'll be in the 2021 shots probably by late january <laughs> there we go so first up here we have a a really good is this a now matt is this a pop shot or is this some other yeah no these are line? this is like a funko pop I forget the proper names now, but there, there's like a name for this line where it's, you know, like a scene almost or like a movie moment or something like that. Okay. But, but it's so from the, at underscore Mike Liston underscore, and, and it, it must be a recent release of Din and Grogu. And Mike just did a really good job of bringing the toy to life. He, you can tell like he's, he's covered the base. He covered the little, uh, plastic thing that makes Yoda's crib look like it's floating. I don't know. It's just, it, it's a, it's a pleasing pop shot. It is. Uh, it even very... looks like Din has a fucking pose, which, yeah, I know, right? which is amazing on, on a pop. And it's because you get what you get. Cause they're molded in their pose and they actually gave Din a, a pretty decent walking esque pose, which makes this Funko pop shot look like, I don't know. It, it's not just a static pop sitting there. Yeah, it, it has good sense of motion because of the pose that you mentioned. The background and the scenery looks like some place that they would be in universe, like in the actual show. And then you know the, the chibi aesthetic of the pops just serves this. It does. I mean, this it, image really well. When I look at this, I'm I'm reminded of my once 
obsession with the chibi aesthetic. It's it's yeah. it's waned greatly. Uh, but I do look at that. I'm like, man, Din looks cool as fuck with that big ass head. Maybe that's what you got to find to bring you back into into photography. Is you got to find a line that you really resonate with, like you did. All right, with yeah, I'll just I'll start shooting statues that are pre pre posed and can't be moved. There you go. <laughs> yeah, worry about easy shit. peasy. No fucking worries there. Right. It just it just um, they, you get what you get, and you can only you know yeah. change the angle of your camera. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's at underscore Holy Mike shit. Liston underscore. This next shot is the second most like shot in this in the history of our account. The only thing that beat it beat it hard and that was a shot of the custom boba that i mentioned earlier that had over six thousand likes on our account but this one here is from at gt rain coming in at 3140 likes 42 likes on the star wars time show share for the algorithm i really i really hope because this is a a low follow account and i and i and i really hope that some of the people who liked it on ours filtered over to him his account only so at GT underscore rain R A N E only has four hundred and forty six followers, um, and he got over three thousand likes with this shot on our page. Yeah, so I give hope, him some love. It's got I know Lima has said and Tones has said that they they realized the Star Wars time show effect when we feature. Uh, so I, I hope it did carry over to at GT rain because yeah. what we're looking at, my friends, is. It's a Mandalorian-inspired E.T. shot. So if you know the famous E.T. shot where Elliot and E.T. are flying in Elliot's bike right in front of the moon, so you get that silhouette of the two. Well, (laughs) G.T. subbed in uh, the Death Star 2 for the moon, a speeder bike for a BMX bike, and then Din and Grogu for Elliot and E.T. Yeah. And it just, it it is, it's perfect. Yeah, it could not have been better done. Like, it could not have been a a more perfect scene recreation yes. from E.T. Yeah, it, like, it, it's 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 spot on. It's spot on. Yeah, I can't I can't understand. And it, I fucking so. hate E.T. Like, I hate E.T. <laughs> with a passion. I hate that little wow. scumbag. Anytime I see Baron's Black Series posting him, I want to yell at him. Like, dude. It, it, he posts like the white dying E.T. too. Like, I don't like E.T. <laughs> E.T., I don't know how that was ever a kid's movie back in the 80s. That shit was know, fucked man. up. It, it was, was scary. Up. It, it was, it was, it, it, that shit scared the living piss out of me. Like, to this yeah, day, dude. I'm 40 years old. I have not watched E.T. since I was a little kid. It is very frightening for a small child, for sure. But at G.T. underscore R-A-N-E, go, go give this account a follow. It is, I mean, the guy has over 2,000 posts, so you know he's a regular poster. His toy photography, you know, he kind of does a mix of toy photography, practical photography, and and, and stuff like that. But his toy shots are are really, really good. And and you can see him, you know, getting better. I mean, some of the shit that he does, just with like, wow. Yeah, I mean, with, with animal photography is pretty insane, so um yes kingdom so, of yeah. weird i do not like the et senate members in the prequels either yeah those are not as not good either but uh at gt underscore rain this is an absolutely beautiful shot so please go give that yeah that, 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 this is like a poster type of deal exactly yeah this this should be sold like a prince of this um next up is the return 
of our good buddy. Oh, dude, you should at- see some of the stuff I have in the queue from Papa. Like th- this is oh, old. No. This is an old shot. You should see some of the shit he's doing with his Neo Boba. It's okay. just, I mean, he's an account like super scoundrel that I have to govern <laughs> or it's yeah. like it, it basically every, every day is a Papa Palpatine feature type of deal. Yep. And yeah, this, this shot of, of Wolf blasting out a, a B1's brains is excellent as is everything Papa puts out. But wait till you see some of these Neo Bobas I've got in the feature Dude, folder. Papa must be as happy as, as he's ever been because now Boba Fett is a badass and he could be like, fuck everybody who ever said bad shit about Boba. <laughs> I'm going to fucking make him as cool as possible yeah. on my shots. He's always <laughs> made Boba a badass in his photography, but now the legend is actually true. So Yeah. The legend no, he, he's got some good ones coming up, but we'll, we'll kind of get back to this shot where you've got some phase three clones and then Wolf. And Wolf just has a blasting pose like he is a pimp. Like when he's on a battlefield, he shoots with flair, right? Like he's like... Yeah. it's almost like you it's like one of those moments where you're like walking through like either a samurai or a combatant is like walking through a battlefield where the they've already won the battle but they're just like with flair killing all yeah wasting wasting all the people alive moaning on the ground like exactly no next right yeah it's it's like what you do in ghost of tsushima when like you finish a battle but there's like the person who's crawling away you you just walk up up and stab him in the back (laughs) yeah that's this moment for 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 wolf right yeah i mean but it's a pop shot i mean all uh, practical effects outside the blaster bolt excellent posing uh, and excellent staging. I mean, that's what this guy's known for. That's why he's a, a big account. I mean, he gets an idea and executes it, be it in his trench in the yard, or if the motherfucker's going to build a diorama that's the size of a basement, uh, Papa executes his vision with excellence. Indeed. So at Papa underscore Palpatine underscore photography, as always. Um, excellent job. Next up. We have a, a new feature here. This is from at Lego Inspire. And this is another another Lego shot similar to the one from the last top five where this looks like it could be in a movie, in a video game. So what we see is is the Battle of Hoth, as we see at the beginning of ESB. You get the speed, you see the, the crash speeder in the background. You get Lego Luke Skywalker walking out into the snow. And then you see... TIE fighters flying overhead, shooting down snow speeders over Hoth. And in, in the background, you see some AT-ATs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, a detailed scene, Nick. I, I Like you said, it, it's almost like a poster for something. Like, you can see this being a poster for Lego Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Uh, because of how everything's composited in there, you get the depth with using the real tiny AT-ATs in the back. Yep. Obviously, Luke is is close to the camera, so he's the main focus. You got the crashed snowspeeder ties. It, it's just a it, it's a great battle scene uh, done with Legos, and, and I think there's obviously some digital manipulations going on there. But I mean, it, it feels like these Legos have gone to war and are suffering due to the uh, the depths that war takes you. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's a, it's a fucking fantastic shot. The coloration, everything really just pops here. I I am a huge fan of of Lego photography. That's I really, your next one. You already said it, Matt. 
months ago you were like man i really got to start taking pictures yeah, of these lego I, sets and that's it's really you just as it. you were saying hey man just get something that you don't have to pose much well legos there it is i i've got some of the uh, biggest lego sets built and ready to go i probably have 100 minifigs at this point it just is getting that fire up my ass again to do it there we go Matt's going to become a Lego photographer, guys. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't hold your breath. Um, but yes, at Lego Inspire here, ac- uh, absolutely excellent job. Um, and we're closing out the first top tw- uh, top five of 2021 with at Venomous. I mean, the man is an absolute animal when it comes to creating, uh, you know, just art, Star Wars art. And what we see here is... A similar shot to, or a similar piece to what Kay Marolles did last in the last top five. So we see an Ahsoka shot of her from S2E5 of Mando. You can see the trees in the background, but it just has that like visceral venomous flair to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the hood up, you see sparks coming from the lightsabers as she cuts down. With, I can't tell exactly what she just killed, but it was definitely something organic. Um. And that that look on her face, even though her face is kind of hidden behind the hood a little bit, that that sinister kind of badass oh, look yeah. on her face is awesome. No, it's beautiful. I mean, this is this is what Venomous does. Uh, I mean, he's I think done official stuff for Lucasfilm. Maybe I know he's he buddies with Star Wars theory, and, and Venomous kind of went off on Lucasfilm too. So I don't know what, how that bodes well for future work or whatnot but i wouldn't worry about it just based on what he puts out on a daily basis i mean venomous is another one i'd love to have on the show i, I still think we're uh, not big enough but hey why not i mean who, who who's going out and talking to star wars artists honestly yeah or, or stunt people. people i mean stunt people no one wants to talk to stunt people stunt people literally make the shit in the movies that you like happen right like they're the ones that do it yeah they're, they're the ones that should be talked to but they're not so we are the show to kind of get the the behind the scenes people out in front of you because there's no way we're getting the fucking stars or daves or johns or whatnot but no venomous is someone i'd love to talk to i mean just just to hear about the the art form the fandom all the fun stuff but i mean just you just have to look at his account uh, most Star Wars fans that are into Star Wars art will know of Venomous. I mean, that's how how big he is. Yeah. Uh, his stuff is uh, hugely popular. And for good reason. I mean, just look at this Ahsoka shot. If you're on the live, if you're not on the live, make sure to check it out on StarWarsTime.net. But it's such a unique style of art i I just i i really haven't seen other artists that that do things this way i mean it's there's like some vector in there and it looks like there's just some splatter action i mean it 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 always looks angry and and raw like like these things could jump out of the page and and kill you yeah uh so huge at venomous fan here at the star wars time show there we go so Good stuff there. Um, and that brings us to the end of our All right. top five. There you go. Week. A good old three and a half hour return to work. But it was a it was a pleasure talking with Nick again and obviously interacting with those of you in the live stream chat. So if that's something you want to do, we typically do this little shit show on Tuesdays anywhere between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our YouTube channel. And since it is the end of episode 143, we're going to go ahead and shimmy and shake our way over 
to StarWarsTime.net. That's where you can find the link for our YouTube channel. It's right there in the right sidebar. Or if you're on mobile, just keep scrolling. You'll see our lovely faces with a big subscribe rectangle on it. That's all you need to get looped in with the Star Wars Time show on YouTube. Now, if you're someone that doesn't like looking at our stupid faces on YouTube... Of course, we are on most of the big podcast platforms. Hell, all of the big podcast platforms. Like, seriously, if you're not listening to a podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pandora, what the hell are you listening to on? Don't be that guy. Don't be the cute person like, hey, I use this crazy app that's open source that no one knows about with extra super duper security. No one cares. People do care about if you listen to the Star Wars Time show. So get on over to StarWarsTime.net. If you're new here, hopefully you come back. If you've been here, let's go. It's a new year. Put your boots on. Get out there and start the canvassing. Star Wars Time show in 2021. We gotta go. Like the, the, the months and months at, at two to 3,000 listens a month, that's great, but you know what? It's stagnant at this point. It's got to get better. We've got to see the increase. And that's going to take a little bit of work on our part, not being so dumb and trying to be more entertaining. But it does help when all of you guys, girls, little kids, whatever, get out there and stump for the Star Wars time show. Because a lot of the times, if someone's like, hey, man, just check this out. Are you going to check it out? No. But if you say it 10, 20, 30 times, Someone is probably eventually just going to be like, yo, dude, shut the fuck up. I'll go look at it there. We okay? And then maybe they'll come here and be like, wow, they weren't kidding. Or they'll be like, wow, I don't want to be friends with that friend anymore because they just made me check out that nonsense. Either way, StarWarsTime.net is our home. That's where you can get all of our links and information. And if you want to pay us money, you can probably do it through there as well. But when it comes down to it, money means nothing. We love the feedback. We love the interaction. So keep driving up the Star Wars Time Show fan base. We need more Brian's, right? We need more Grey Goose, Bossa Jans, Kingdom of Weirds, Sir Dorks, Bats, Papa Palpatines, Liam's Tones, all of you in the chat. Sorry if I missed you. It wasn't on purpose. It's because I've got a window covering the live chat right now. But why do we do this? Why do we send you out to drum up interest in the Star Wars Time show? Well, it's easy because there's always time for Star Wars Time. There is always time for Star Wars Time, and don't you forget it. And besides, if you listen to the Star Wars Time show, the Force will be with you always. Always.